Hello guys, Jonathan here from Arcade Repair Tips. We would just like to take a moment and thank you for listening to the audio replay of the live show here on the podcast feed. We'd also like to remind you to join our live show on the first Thursday night of every month at 5.30 p.m. Central Time. It's always a great time and we enjoy interacting with people just like you in our live chat. So be sure to make plans to be there for the next one. Remember also that we have an after show that takes place immediately after the live show. And if you'd like to listen to the audio from that, you will need to check it out on our YouTube page, which can be found at youtube.arcaderepairtips.com. So let us continue on with a short word from our sponsor, and then we'll get to the episode. Broadcasting from their world headquarters in Texas, it's the Arcade Repair Tips Live Show. The show that discusses arcade repair, restoration, news, and more. Now, here are your hosts, Tim and Jonathan. Well, hello everyone and welcome to episode 75 of the Arcade Repair Tips Live Show for May 2023. My name is Jonathan Leung. I'm the producer, director, and editor here at the Arcade Repair Tips video series. And joining me today, as always, is Mr. Arcade Repair Tips himself, Tim Peterson. Tim, how you doing? I'm fine, John. Uh, see, you got your Pac-Man 7-Eleven stuff. You've, yeah, so... Um, most of them are selling out everywhere I go, and I'm yeah. in a lot of them. So, I wore the hat for the last live show, for mm-hmm. those people who remember. And this was the shirt. I actually had the shirt for the last episode. But, Tim, I wore my Easter shirt instead, because it was Easter. Right. So, now I get a chance to wear my actual 7-Eleven Pac-Man t-shirt. And, Tim <clears> is right. <throat> if you haven't been going to your local 7-Eleven and kind of checking out things and seeing if you can find one, you should soon. It does seem like a lot of the locations are selling out. Yeah. So. I got some stickers. That's all I got. So you haven't far. got the shirt yet? No, I couldn't find one. Not in my size. Okay, you can find them online, online yeah. too. So you can order them from the 7-Eleven store if you wish to do that. Now, those of you who are watching this may know something a little bit different. We did buy a different camera. I don't know if the quality is any better or worse. And Tim, we may actually try to get up to 1080p in another episode. We'll think <laughs> about that. But uh, for today, we're staying with our tried and true 720p. But uh, we did get a new camera. Hopefully, the quality is better than what we've gotten in the past. So, I, it looks better on the screen right here. It's hard for me <laughs> to tell. Saying, yeah. I don't know. I mean, like, we have a very small window here. We're not watching it full screen. I know a lot of you guys are probably watching it on your TV sets or or maybe your PCs or whatever. But maybe you have a, um, a nice monitor. And if you do, hopefully we look a little bit better to you this time around. So yeah. there you go. Now, before we get started in any questions or anything, Tim, how are you doing? What's been going on? Uh, just uh, a little bit of traveling, getting ready to do some more traveling. Uh this life never slows down. John's just always busy. You know, every time I think I'm going to have a day off, something comes up. But um, it's good to have things to do <laughs> and not be bored and be able to travel. I, I look back a lot of my Facebook memories from two years ago when we we're in lockdown and stuff and how bad it was. I mean, I guess it's been three years now. Uh, we don't really think about, you know, it's easy to forget, you know, what it was like back then. So, uh, glad to be busy, though, and have stuff to do. How about you? Oh, you know, just normal things, uh, life. Um, yeah. Since we last saw our audience, of course, we, uh, we I rented a movie theater out. There you did. And we mm-hmm. went and saw the Super Mario Brothers movie. We'll be talking about our thoughts on that movie here in just a bit. And a uh, little spoiler, Tim, I've seen it twice now. 
Oh, so okay. we went back and saw it again. So I will give you my thoughts on that, and Tim will as well. And you mm -hmm. guys can tell us what you thought if you've seen it. Um, we will also be obviously answering your questions. And I do want to throw it real quick to the live chat, Tim. So YouTube Punk kind of came in real quick and said, Doe, he won't be able to make it, but all the best to Tim Jonathan and the live chat. Mm -hmm. YouTube Punk, we're sorry you missed out. Hopefully we can catch you next episode. Geeklight08 is here, Tim. We have The Real Hammer Billy Lee is here. Dan McCombs is here. Encore MPW is here. He says, hello, professors, ladies and gentlemen, let's get the show started. Okay. So there we <laughs> go. We have, let's see, White Dinky's Man Cave says, good to see you guys. Hope you guys are doing okay and your families. It's been a while since I've seen a live show. We're glad that you're here for this one. Let's see. This is Danny that has been on the show using my man cave name now. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, Dan says, we, me and my eight-year-old, saw the Super Mario Bros. movie twice in the theaters already, too. So several of you guys have already seen it. And once we get to that point in the show, Tim, we'd love to hear your feedback on it. We'll give you our thoughts, and we want to hear your thoughts, too, if you have seen it. Um, you know, just to give you a real quick little thing, I think it was good. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, we'll talk more about it, but uh, I think I think for the most part, you know, me and Tim enjoyed it. So for a while. It was good. Really okay. good. So we are caught up right now, Tim, with the live chat. And so let's go ahead and get into some of the questions that you guys submitted. So the first one I have here is from The Random Mechanic, which is a cool name, Tim. I like it. So The Random Mechanic says, I just bought a Lethal Enforcer's Arcade, and I'm having a slightly different issue with the guns. When you pull the trigger, the screen flashes, and it shows you shot a bullet, but the shot doesn't register anywhere on the screen. Also, you cannot reload. When you shoot off screen, the screen flashes and doesn't reload. Have you ever seen this issue before? If so, what could it be? Also, both guns were replaced by the last owner in an attempt to fix the issue. Any input is greatly appreciated. So, Tim, we have the random mechanic here who has a Lethal Enforcers game, which is a light gun game using mm -hmm. the optical sensors. And so he's saying that whenever he pulls that trigger, it's like it's registering a shot, but there's no shot on the screen. Right. Okay, and it'll flash. Boom. And he can't reload. Right. So right. typically you'd shoot off the screen, you'd get a reload. He's saying it doesn't do that either. So what are some things that the random mechanic can do here in order to get his Lethal Enforcers playing again? Well, we did shoot a video on troubleshooting light gun mm -hmm. games. Games. But just to quickly go through, um, he asked the question, have we seen this before? And the answer is a solid yes. Oh, yeah. Um, but usually the first thing that we suspect is that something's wrong with the gun. So one of the easiest ways to do if you have another gun is to try it. And it sounds like that the previous owner tried to put some guns in there, but it didn't work. So anytime, um, you know, it's kind of like when you buy something from somebody. Um, it's kind of like I remember when I bought my first house. The guy said, you'll never have to worry about the plumbing. I did it all myself. And uh, for the next five years of owning that home, guess what I did? A lot of. <laughs> plumbing. Plumbing. <laughs> and uh, so you kind of got to know uh, who you're buying it from and what their level of expertise is because this is going to get tricky. Although it's pretty simple when you know what you're doing, one of the hardest things um, that you have to get right, though, is how and which way to plug in the guns which gun to plug in, which side and stuff. So I would always, if you're pretty sure you got a working gun, but you're getting this, I would start tracking that wire. To, and if the wiring should be good if it's a new gun, then I would check the connectors where they plug in the board. There's a chip there that can go bad, especially if you plug them in backwards. A lot of times it'll do damage and blow that chip. Uh, so I would check that area really heavily. I've seen pins that have gotten kind of out of kilter or you know everything's uh, on but one pin gets kind of mashed or something so that's the first place I would look uh, you could get the schematic out and figure that out but 
uh, that's where I would start. Um, if your guns are good, then it probably is your board. Now, the outside chance, it could be the monitor. Uh, but normally, if you're getting the flash like that, something is going on. Unless your monitor is really dark, you can turn up the brightness. That will help a lot. But if uh, you're not... Re what really got me when he said that it wasn't reloading. Right. So not only is it not registering a screen, it's not registering a fire really at all. And so that's where I would check the wiring and I would really check those connectors going to the board and the chip on the board, possibly that area of for damage. Yeah, Tim, and there's something um, unfortunate, unfortunate about these boards is it does seem that it is possible to plug in the gun both the ways. The other way, yes. Right, which is really bad. We like it when they key connectors to where I can only hook it up one way. But on these Lethal Enforcers boards in particular, it does seem like you're able to plug it in either way. Yeah, there is a way that it actually fits better and is the right way uh, with a little prongs going down, I believe. But, but it will let you, and some people just don't know any better, so... Be real careful when you're plugging those in. Make sure that you check the schematics that you are plugging them in the right way if you ever have to do that. Okay, Tim, I'm going to go ahead and throw up the slide then so everybody can see it here. Since the light guns have been replaced, Tim, we are going to assume that they are functioning properly. Now, like Tim mentioned, you may want to double check that just to make sure. But the fact that the original owner said that he bought new guns and it still wasn't working probably leads us to think it's probably not a gun issue at this point. Let's start off by making sure that the light guns are connected correctly to the game board. If you look at the wiring schematic in the manual on Tim, I took a snippet of it here for, for the random mechanic, you will notice that there are four wires that connect from the light gun to the game board. There's a hit, a ground, a trigger, and a voltage. Make sure that these wires are connected to the proper locations and that the wiring is in good shape. Check the continuity of the wires with a multimeter to ensure that this is the case. Now, Tim, um, we heard back from the random mechanic, and it does sound like what happened was that the connectors were plugged in backwards at some point, okay. and it yeah. blew the optical boards inside the gun. Right. So he said oh, what he ended up doing was okay. plugging the connectors back to the correct position, replacing the optical boards in the guns, boom, back it's in working. business. Good. So, um, like we said, unfortunately, with that board, you can plug in those connectors backwards, and that can be a costly error. It can cost you probably 45 bucks per board, right, to right. replace the optical sensor boards. So it did in Random Mechanics' case, but for 90 bucks, Tim, not a bad repair to get a Lethal Enforcers back up and running. Right? For sure. So... And great troubleshooting here on random on the Random Mechanics Park, Tim, to do all of that. Yeah. Because there's a lot of people who may have given up at some point. It can be frustrating, especially when you're like, I'm doing everything right and everything's hooked up, hooked up correctly. But all of a sudden, you're still not getting what you want. So I think that this was great troubleshooting on his point, And we want to appreciate we appreciate him letting us know what it was as well so we can tell you guys. But, Tim, it ultimately came down to being plugged in wrong and then having some issues with the optical boards on the guns. Okay. Well, that makes a lot of sense. So, Random Mechanic, we are so glad that you were able to get your game up and running. And thanks, thank you for giving us the update. And Tim, I just got that like yesterday. I sent him a reply, and then he sent that back. So, thanks for letting us know what the issue is. And hopefully, we can help more people with this issue, Tim, because it does seem like a very common issue with light guns. Right? Oh, yeah. And I'm glad that he got his game fixed, though. Absolutely. So, glad to hear you got your game fixed. Enjoy it. Like we say here, fix the game, play the play. game. There we go. So, there you go. Tim, I'm going to go ahead and go over to the live chat just to check in. It looks like we're still caught up. Okay. I don't see anything new. So remember, guys, if you want to ring in with any of your comments or questions during the live show, you are more than welcome to do that in the live chat if you're watching us live. Now, if you're watching this after the fact on YouTube, feel free to leave comments down below, Tim, because we also will try to address those on the next live show, or sometimes we'll just address them uh, in the comment section below. But we do want you guys to chime in if you have any questions or anything like that. We would love to answer them for you. 
Uh, oh, Jumping General's here. He says, hey, Tim. Hello. So there we go. We got another live chat there. So don't forget, interact with us with during the show in the live chat or after the show in the comment section below. Okay, Tim, let us go to our next question from Chad. And Chad writes, good afternoon. I have a Chinese model Crazy Dunkers arcade basketball game. I've attached some photos of the arcade itself and the main board. I'm hoping you might have a manual for it as the manufacturer doesn't have one or can't supply one. Alternatively, I am hoping that you know how to reset the high score for this particular model. I tried various combinations of pushing the three buttons on the main board on the right side. However, nothing seems to allow or bring up the high score reset option. Thank you. Either way, for your help, Chad. So, Tim, we have Chad here, and I'm going to show the pictures real quick. He did send in some pictures. Nice. Now, Tim, Tim, this um, Crazy Dunkers here, is, I mean, it looks like about 50 other models that we've seen, right. I feel like. But you will notice this board here. He's obviously got a power supply there, along with the main board for the basketball game. And you will notice the three buttons that he's talking about on the right-hand side, which I can almost guarantee you are for the settings. Right. Now, the problem, though, is, Tim, we haven't seen many of these with the three-button setup like that, correct? Yeah, normally it seems like they always have a four-button setup. Um, and it's a very much like a game called Street Hoops, right? Uh, made by Bromley or uh, Coastal Amusements. Um, maybe one of those manuals would help him um, because I think they probably use similar setups and stuff. Usually, it's always a combination of hold one button down or hold two buttons down until it goes into a setting or something. But realistically, without a manual, this is, is going to be tough. You yeah. you really are guessing. Now we do. I was able to find some manuals for the four button games, okay. and so I've got some links here. We'll show here in a minute, Tim. But you are right. Without a manual, it makes it really hard. He can try some of the four button uh, manuals, Tim, and maybe that will help you. But another thing is, Tim, you could just get one of the four button boards and replace it because right. I think the connectors are pretty similar. That would be a good idea. But he may use the four button manual. It may still help him. One of the buttons is probably for credits or something, and he may not need it. Exactly. The other three are probably what he needs, and that may be, this one might not have like a credit or a service button. So what be were, my guess. What were the games that you named again? That were uh, like Street this? Hoops Street is Hoops? very much like that. Okay. It's a Bromley game. Um, you see them in a lot of Chuck E. Cheese's and stuff, those little mini basketball games. Um, I wanted, Coastal made another game, too, two of them. One of them was called... Um, it's like street, there were street hoops, and then there was like a little dunkers or something, which is really close to that one. Um, but I think if you search some of those American-made games, they probably had Chinese boards in them, and they probably work a lot. The similar the, the switches and stuff may try to remember just little hoops or something what it was called. I'm sure it would be pretty easy to Google search. Okay, sounds good, Tim. So I'm going to go ahead and throw up the slide here. Now, like I mentioned, many of these Chinese basketball arcade games use similar boards, like Tim mentioned. So you can look up uh, Street Hoops by Bromley, was the right. one, Tim, or some of the other ones that Tim mentioned, and maybe you would be able to find a board for it. But unfortunately, like most of the ones we've seen recently have this four-button setup. They have a set button, an option button, a plus and a minus. So like with the option, you'd hold the option, you'd use the plus or minus to move up and down, and then when mm -hmm. you found the option you wanted, you'd hit set to lock it in. Now, again, instead of a three-button setup that yours uses, like I said, we've seen more four-button setups. It might be worth trying the instructions for the four-button board just to see if they would work. And so, Tim, I put some links to some of the four-button setups in their manuals below yeah. on AliExpress so he can find those. You could also just order one of these newer boards with the four-button setup 
and it, sh it, it should be mostly plug and play. The boards that I referenced here are very, very, very similar to the board you have. You do want to double check that the connections are the same. That would right. be the biggest thing. But um, if the connectors are the same, you could just replace it with a four button board. And it wasn't too expensive, Tim. These board setups, I think, were like less than 200 bucks, which right. I mean, is a lot. But if you've got a basketball game on location, it's probably, it's making that in a month, maybe less. Oh, so, probably a week. Yeah, exactly. Easily. Basketball games are usually very popular. But if you did go with the four-button board, at least that way you would have some instructions for it. So that's the best advice we can give you. I, I think, like Tim mentioned, you might try some of the Americanized games to see if they have manuals or board setups like what you've got here, Chad. But unfortunately, sometimes these Chinese boards, they make like one-offs too. And so it may be a one-off board that was just made for this particular model, and then later they upgraded it to the newer version, you know? So it may be that it's very difficult to get a board, uh, a board, a manual for your board. Show so. me a picture of the board again. Yeah, we can I go back here real quick. Another thing that you could do, I, I don't know if any of those chips, it looks like maybe the EEPROM or something is socketed. Um, you could pull that off for a little while and put and reset your chips and chips and see if it'll go back into a, like a factory mode. That's true too. And you might reset your high score if that's the main goal. But somebody watching this, maybe you are familiar, you have an arcade, you have this game, you have the manual. Get in touch with us so we can let Chad know that really the manual is what we need more than anything. Absolutely. So, Chad, hopefully we gave you at least some places where you can go to look for some information. If you have any other uh, questions or anything that we can help you out with, please let us know. And good luck finding the manual for that board. Or if you decide to get a different board for it, let us know how that goes as well. Okay, Tim, uh, I'm going to go ahead and jump over to the live chat real quick. We got, um, let's see, we got Danny here. It says, I like Lethal Enforcers, but sometimes they can be a headache. That is for sure. Um, they have, mm -hmm. typically they have a mirror in them if it's a dedicated cabinet. And if that mirror or the monitor gets dirty, that light gun won't pick up so well. And, and again, like we talked about, the connectors on the light guns can, can you can plug them in backwards, which really is not a great design, Tim. Uh, we, we really like it when they key connectors, so that way you can only plug them in one way. It makes it a lot easier on us. So yeah, there are a lot of things about Lethal Enforcers, but Tim, I think of Lethal Enforcers, I know that there were light games before Lethal Enforcers, but mm -hmm. that's probably the one that I remember being the most popular first. Yeah. You know, like I know that there were some before that. I am totally aware of like some of the exity stuff and things like that, some of the classic games, but there was just something about Lethal Enforcers, like that's like the first big memory I have of a, a light gun game when I was a kid. Yeah, and so. we, we played the heck out of it a lot. Oh, we yeah. did. It's a lot of fun. We used to have Lethal Enforcers 2 in mm -hmm. the arcade that we ran, and it was really fun, Tim. Love Lethal Enforcers They make good money. We always had, and very, really, relatively, not a lot of trouble out of it, but there was always something, though. <laughs> keep the monitor working. Yeah. Keep everything clean on it. Typically not an issue. The thing about light gun games that gets broken more than anything is the guns. Yeah. Because kids will throw them, they'll drop them, they'll... And we try our best to kind of... We would put like the little um, chains on to keep that from happening, but kids are rough on stuff, and mm -hmm. so you would not believe how many times we've had to replace guns. That's probably the biggest piece that ends up getting damaged whenever whenever you have light gun games. So. For sure. Uh, let's see. Uh, Danny says, can you hook up a three inch hap track ball to a 60 in one board? Yeah, you should be able to. Yes. Um, on those 60 in ones, some of them have a connector for the track ball, or sometimes you have to hook up the track ball wires to, to the player, player too. So it just depends on what version of the 16-in-1 that you have, but you should be able to hook a track ball up. Yes, you could. And it makes playing millipede and centipede a whole lot better. Yeah. So jumping general, how do you guys have your games plugged in for home? For example, do you have a 10 row power strip? How many games could I plug into one? So uh, typically we only run like maybe three games on a strip, yeah. Uh, because we don't want to overload our 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 um, 
are breakers. You know, it depends on how many amps your breaker is, you mm-hmm. know, as to how many games you can power on it. But typically, we only like to run three off of off of one plug. And if you're in a commercial establishment, most fire codes will not allow you to use um, uh, power strips. They mm-hmm. want you to plug directly into the wall, so that way you, you actually have to have an electrician come out and make sure that you have plugs, wall plugs for everything. They typically do not allow you to use power strips in commercial settings, but for home settings, uh, typically I go three to a plug. So three, yeah. So I'll plug in a power strip. I'll put three on that power strip. So I don't want to. I don't want to overload my breaker. And you know, I I mean, you if you have bigger breakers that are bigger than fifteen amp, then you can probably do more. Mm -hmm. So it really just depends on where you're putting your where you're putting your games and what kind of breakers that you have in your circuit breaker box, right? Correct. So I mean, if you're going higher than fifteen amp, then you could you can do more. So it just depends. I I would highly recommend two instead of. Not just a power strip, but an actual surge uh, suppressor. Something that actually might protect it if we have a lightning strike or something like that. Absolutely. Uh, That $3 one works okay, but it it will not protect it. And the $20 one that you can get on Amazon or something with some surge protection may be well well worth it if you're going to go that route. Agreed. So that's a really really good point, Tim. Yeah, the three dollar one won't give you really any kind of protection if it does get if you do have a lightning strike. You want to go with like twenty dollars usually is what you can get for an actual surge protector. Protector. Make sure it's yeah. a surge protector, and make sure it's rated for however many amps that you plan to run off of it. So, uh, let's see. Oh, Geeklight says not to mention the sound chip uh, caps suck on the um, on the lithium forces. That is correct. So the proprietary Konami sound chip. They you um, they made replacements for that now I mm-hmm. think but a lot of people just um, put like a series of capacitors on that chip. Um, it just really depends on how you want to do your repair. I do think that there are some replacement chips for that now, Good. to where you don't have to just you don't have to just like mm-hmm. basically like um, peel off the top of the chip and put the capacitors on like we've seen before. Mm-hmm. You actually can get a replacement for that. Uh, let's see. Yeah, um, uh, Danny says yeah I've got two lethal enforcers boards that work just bad sound chips. Very common with Konami games across the board. Uh, I mean, if you even look at like Turtles, Simpsons, X Men, like any of the four player games that people love, same thing with the with the sound chips, same kind of issues. Mm-hmm. So, okay, Tim, I think that we are caught up with the live chat. So let us move on to Dan's question. Dan says I was able to get a hold of an original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles board that has the two player Japanese game on it. At first, it was playing blind, and we could hear the game playing, but the screen was black with occasional occasional flashes of green on the screen. I had to go somewhere, so I powered it off. When I came back hours later, I powered it on again, and it was no longer playing blind, but instead was showing the color red, though I could see the game playing otherwise normally. Again, there were occasional full-screen flashes of green. I decided to take the board and swap out the EEPROMs with the four-player world game. So he has a two-player board, Tim, with the two-player Japanese ROMs. He swaps right. out for the four-player ROMs. When I power back on, the game again worked, but this time it looks like maybe the red and the green to some extent is working. Blue still seems to be missing missing in action entirely. Doing some repair log reading, I'm wondering if it's possible that uh, two bad Konami 052535 chips on the board. Uh, it looks like there is a separate one from red, green, and blue. I see that there are some reproduction chips I could replace them with. But before I go that far, I want to check with you and see if this makes sense or if as the cause, or if there's something else I'm missing. If these may be it, is there a way I can test with a multimeter to ensure, to be sure, and figure out which ones are bad? Thanks for the years of arcade help, Dan. Now, Tim, we had a question from Dan, I think, on, like, 
he, he wrote, I think it was episode 11 of the Question and Answer podcast. Okay. So Dan has been with us for like 13 years. Right. <laughs> so uh, Dan, first off, and I wrote this in the email back to him. Thank you for being such a loyal, such a loyal listener, follower, watcher of Arcade Repair Tips. That's a long time, and we're sorry that you had to endure all of this for all these right. years. Uh, is that a good most, way to put that? Most people would have quit years ago. Oh, absolutely, right. but not Dan. Dan is determined. <laughs> now, Tim, I do want to throw these pictures yeah, up pictures. here. So, the first picture is a Mortal Kombat board he had in there, which is working. Uh -huh. Okay, so we know that the monitor should be in good shape. Okay. Okay, as far as we know. So, and here are some of his descriptions here. So, here's the here's the board when it was just the red with the Japanese ROMs, mm -hmm. so you can see. And then when you put the four-player ROMs, you can see we got red and green, but we are definitely missing the blue. The blue seems to be a little low. And so, at this point, I think we can rule out monitor issue. Right. Okay, but the question is... Um, we may not want to roll it out just yet. Probably, Tim, what I would recommend doing here is probably just going ahead and popping that Mortal Kombat board back in just to make sure you're back where you were before, right? Correct. Now, beyond that, Tim, what can he do? Let's say it is a game board issue. What can Dan do in order to get that working? Well, it could, it could have the bad chips on the board. Uh, it would kind of be a pain, but you could desolder and switch two of them. That's true. And see now if you have blue. Right. Then you would for sure know that you have the other two chips are bad so i definitely think but i would really also check don't don't eliminate the wiring or anything like that except for the fact that it does work with the mortal kombat board right so that probably does really lean us toward a board issue um checking the voltage you're gonna have to you're gonna place your red probe on pin one and your black probe on the ground which is so we're like talking about on nine, the ic right yeah, on the ic so one is um, red and black is, or ground is um, the black probe. You put it on nine, one and nine. And you're going to check those to see if you have uh, continuity at least through there. But, but it should be five volts. Yeah. Uh, it should be five volts there. Well, you, gotta, you remember we used to have the voltage tester, the five volt testers. Those work really good on those. So you want to check your voltage and then you want to check... What I meant to say was you want to check continuity from your wires to those places. So even if your chips are good, if there's a break in the trace or anything like that. Uh, but if that is that an actual picture of his board? No, this is a picture of another one. So I'm just you know, go. so we don't know what kind of shape the board yeah. is in. It's already sent Dan back a reply, and I think and already replied back with him a little bit. But oh, wrong one. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, so let's go ahead and read it here, Tim. Yes, definitely possible that the Konami zero five two three five chips could be going bad on the board. Uh, five three five. I actually missed a five yeah. on that. Um, with that said, still probably a good idea to check your monitor wiring from the JAMA harness and plug back in the Mortal Kombat board just to make sure that your monitor is functioning properly. That's very that's very important. Um, if all that checks out, though, probably an issue with the game board like we're talking about. Now, you should be able to check the voltage like Tim mentioned on these ICs by placing your red probe on pin one. So right. that's the red. That's the voltage pin. And the black probe on pin nine. You should get five volts off of all of those. So if you're going down that... You should be able to hit the first one, 5 volts, 5 volts, 5 volts. You should also be able to test the continuity to the respective colors on the JAMA harness to pin 8. So pin 8 is the one right next to pin 9, which is right. the ground, okay? So if you take if you take one probe and you put on pin 8, and then you put the, like, let's say it's the red chip, the chip that powers the red, and you put it on pin 8 of that of that IC, you take the other probe and you put it on the red pin on the JAMA harness, you should have continuity. Correct. That makes sense? Yeah. Same thing with the green one. So on the green one that powers this, pin 8 
of the green IC ah, okay. to pin yeah. to to the JAMA pin green, and you should get that. Like Tim mentioned, if you're not getting that, broken trace could be possible. And so at that point, you, you may need to repair the trace in order to get there. Now, we should never rule out, Tim, something that Michael always reminds us of. Let's touch up some solder on these. Sure. Okay, so, I mean, before we even do replacement, it may be worth just touching up the solder to make sure that they are connected properly to the board. On boards this old, Tim, we're starting to get a lot of broken solder joints. Just over time, they become cold and they crack. So, you know, it may just be worth touching up the solder on these for sure. Um, and, Tim, I also put um, jamaarcade.net, this um, website here that does reproduction. Nice. So you can see what the reproductions look like. And there's several parts suppliers. Um, Arcade Parts and Repair is one, Tim, that carry replacements for these. Mm -hmm. So you should be able to get replacements for these if you want to. So, um, But overall, um, that's you know that should be good. Now, um, we have Dan here in the live chat, Tim. And I sent him back a reply to some of this information, but oh, we'll hey, go ahead Dan. and recover it mm -hmm. again. He says, yeah, 2010, it's the same cabinet monitor problems you guys helped me with back then. It's been good since, Tim. Okay. So there you go. Um, which end of the chip in that picture is pin one. So if you look at the picture that we have here, you will see a little square, I think on the far left. Uh -huh. It's really hard to see in this picture, I know. I believe the far left is the square, and I believe that's pin one. Now, there's an easy way to check though, Tim. If you put your red and your black probe on those outside pins, and the voltage is negative, you have them swapped. Right. Okay, so like, yeah, exactly. So like, mm -hmm. let's say you have the black probe on pin one and the red probe on pin nine. If you check it and it's giving you a negative five, You've got them swapped. Then you know which one is pin one. Exactly. Right? And you just swap them around, and now you know which one pin one Does that is. make sense, Dan? That's yeah. kind of the... Jonathan nailed it. That is a really easy way to test. Right. So if you get negative voltage when you're <laughs> testing the outside pins... It's it's one on the ends. Right. It's one it's of them. It's always going to be the ends. And that's how you're going to check to see which one is one. The right. one that doesn't get the negative exactly. when you do it, is that's the pin one. But it does look like there is a pin one indicator on the board that's on the far left. So you may want to start with the red probe on that one and the and the black probe on the other side just because that's what it looks like but again if you get negative voltage there then more than likely you need to swap them so that's easy enough and then pin eight of course is going to be next to pin nine so if we're assuming that the left one is pin one the far one's pin nine that'd be the one over here you just want to touch that pin and it's okay if you touch the ground too at the same time i don't i don't think that'll hurt anything well fair not um i was about to say it could but <laughs> if you touch the um if you touch your probe to print eight on one of those and then touch it to the red, the green, the blue and see if you get continuity. You should get continuity between one of those. That is the output. Pin eight is the output of that IC. So, but um, anyway, so yeah, that should give you a whole lot of troubleshooting there. Now, I love Tim's idea too. Desolder all the chips and then solder a different one into a different place and see if different colors happen, right? right? So like, it looks like the red has been pretty consistent for the most part. So figure out which one is the red one and then swap it into the blue position. And see if you get it. If you do, that means, okay, I need to order a new IC. Right. You know, I mean. And you can right stop there. right there, exactly. leave the other one open. Right. And then when you get the new IC in. get the IC in. There you go. Up. But you may also just try touching up the solder. It could be that mm -hmm. um, the blue one has a cracked uh, solder joint on pin A. Very true. Boom. You know, so, I mean, it could be any of that. But uh, hopefully that gives you a lot of things to think about. I did write you back an email, Dan, with, with the information we talked about with the outside pins and stuff. But it bounced back, so I don't know if you got it. I tried to send it again, but it may not have come through. So, um, but we were able to cover it here, Tim. So yeah. I think we got everything in there. Is there anything else you no. can give Dan before Thank we Thank you on? for your question, Dan. That's a really good one. Yeah, absolutely. And we hope that you get your turtles board back up. And <clears> it does seem, like, typically, Tim, when we see missing colors, our minds automatically boom monitor. monitor. Okay, right. like boom monitor. But the fact that Dan had already done some additional troubleshooting of plugging in a Mortal Kombat board, making sure that that was working so we know the monitor is good, made it, allowed us to further troubleshoot down the line. 
So it's always important, guys, to take your troubleshooting as far as you possibly can so that way we can help you. Because, Tim, if we wouldn't have known that, I we would have been, been throwing out a million yeah. monitor issues. Right. So, Transistors or something like Exactly. Monitor. We would have been going monitor. So um, it just depends. You know, it's, it's If you can get further in troubleshooting, it makes a huge difference with the kind of response we can give you. So, Good. But, Dan, hopefully you can get your turtles board going. Please keep us updated on your progress. Uh, Tim, I'm going to go ahead and throw this to Joe. Says, love the shirts, guys. So mm-hmm. I mentioned I'm wearing the 7-Eleven Pac-Man shirt. Tim actually has a 16-bit bar and arcade shirt on. And yeah. Tim, I forget where that's located. I don't remember either. I think they're <laughs> out of business now. But I don't know. When they You're having trouble, they were having trouble, I think. Yeah, so what and we did during the pandemic... We were buying some shirts from them to try to help them. Right, so during the pandemic, we went through and bought shirts from a lot of different bar arcades because we knew that they were hurting or different arcades around the country. And so what Tim... Tim is rocking one of those right now. Mm-hmm. So that was 16-bit bar arcade, plus arcade, right? Mm-hmm. And let me see here. You guys are going to... I, actually, it looks like it is still around. Um, they have multiple locations. They have one in Cincinnati, Ohio, and they have one in Indianapolis, Indiana. So that is the shirt, shirt you are rocking. Okay. So there you go. Original Gamer. So um, go, if you guys are in Nashville. or play it, one day. It says, oh, actually, Nashville, it looks like. Columbus, Cincinnati, a whole bunch of them. Wow. So they've got multiple locations. So if you guys are anywhere near a 16-bit uh, bar and arcade. Yeah, Columbus, Cleveland, Cincinnati, Dublin, Charlotte, Nashville, Indianapolis, Easton and Pittsburgh. Wow. I'll be going to Pittsburgh pretty soon. Maybe I'll drop it. <laughs> there we go. So there you go. If you are, then make sure you check out 16-bit bar and arcade. So plus arcade. Bar plus arcade. So there you go. Um, and then, of course, I've got the 7-Eleven shirt on like we talked about earlier. So good stuff there. Uh, current Phonograph says, greetings from California. I'm late. You're never late here. You're always, You're always on, on time. time. That's mm-hmm. right. Exactly. So in California, It's, early. it's still early there. That's right. So it's very early there. In fact, what is it? It's a 4 o'clock um, Pacific time, right? Yep. Two hours, two hours ahead of us. So, yeah, it's early I'll there. be in Orange. We'll bring this up in the live show, but I'll be in possibly in Orange County end of June. Oh, wow. Which is kind of near Disneyland area. Nice. You going to try to make a stop? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go to Disneyland for sure if okay. I can. Oh, yeah. nice. If I, if I get a chance, I'll definitely stop at the beach. There you go. <laughs> I, maybe a few arcades around there. Yeah. So, hopefully, um, it's been a while since you've been out there, right? Yes, I was about to say I've never been to California. About three or four years. Yeah, I, we don't have any we don't have any divisions out there like my company. As yeah. far as west as we go is um, Colorado. Right. So, but there you go. So there we go, guys. So yeah, um, we love our shirts too, and we always we were trying to help as many um, arcade bars and arcades as we could during the pandemic. So that's just one of the shirts we ordered. Mm-hmm. I just went around ordering shirts from places, so that was fun. But anyway, Tim, let us continue on with our next question from Tim. Tim says, what can you do to stretch the width and height when your external control board doesn't work? My control board, which is only the only way I know how to do so, basically doesn't work. I, I can get into the settings by clicking the mode button on the board, but no other buttons fun- function after that. I've already tested continuity with the cable connector as well as continuity on the control board itself. <coughs> continuity is not the issue. My monitor simply won't honor any other button <coughs> press on the external board. Now, Tim... Uh, so we have we have Tim here, and he's saying that his control board, except for the mode button, does not work. Now, Tim, there's a big giveaway in this with what kind of monitor he has, because right. there's only one, there's only certain certain ones that have a mode button on the control board, and usually they're digital monitors yes. or newer monitors. Correct? Yeah, we call them newer. We say two thousands and up. Sure. Uh, but yeah, that's the problem with them. The good thing is they 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 normally do a good job, and it's nice to have that remote board where you can pull it out in front of the monitor and watch what you're doing and do all those kind of things. The bad thing is 
uh, and probably it's his problem, is if that board's not working, it won't work. There's right. no other way to go in, no knobs or anything to turn. Now, you might could ch turn the horizontal width coil if it has one um, and get a little more width, but the best thing he's probably going to need to do is to find or replace. Uh, now, a lot of times those buttons, you can touch up the solder and stuff on the back. Uh, they don't do a whole lot, right. but... Uh, you could possibly jumper them and kind of make a fake button out of it. Sure. But that would be a lot of work. Um, probably more work than just finding a replacement uh, control, board, board. control board. Sure. So let's go ahead and throw this up here, Tim, since it kind of covers what you talked about. Before we address the control board issue, we should mention that the horizontal width can be adjusted on most monitors by using the horizontal width coil. Like we mentioned, see our post on adjusting the horizontal width coil for more information. That doesn't go for all monitors, Tim, but it goes for a lot, right? Yes. So it's not everyone, but several of them do. Based on your description, it sounds like you have a newer digital monitor. Great job checking the continuity back to the main chassis. At this point, you basically narrow down the issue to the control board itself. We'd suggest trying to replace it, if you can find a replacement. You can also try checking the button slash pots with, a, with your multimeter to see if they're functioning properly. And Tim, what I have here is a D9200, which mm -hmm. Tim actually wrote back and said that's what he had. Okay. So, I mean, the mode button is very common on this monitor. When he said mode button, it's the first one that came to mind. So this is a Wells Garner D9200 board, and this is the same one he had. And after talking with Tim, he was able to get another control board, and now it is working. Okay. So there you go. So he is so in good shape. So was the board. Yeah, so the mode button would work, but the rest of them wouldn't, which tells us those buttons are kind of cheap. Yeah. And so, Very like you cheap. mentioned, Tim, you could have jumpered them. Right. But that, man, that's a big pain yes. to jumper all of those. I wouldn't want to do it. No. And so it's easier if you can find a replacement control board altogether just to do that. But if you couldn't do that, you could replace the individual buttons if you had to. They are cheap, and they do wear out over time. But in Tim's case, he was able to find a replacement control board, and he is back up and running, Tim. So Good we're deal. glad for that. Thanks for giving us the update, Tim. And we're glad that you got your D9200 back up and running. And uh, good luck with your future projects. And hopefully uh, hopefully you won't have to talk to us about anything else in the future. <laughs> but right. if you do, we'll be here for you. So, Okay, Tim, I'm going to jump over to the live chat. Jumping General says, I have a POW game. When I plug in the game, the screen is all blurry. Is this likely a bad cap issue or touch up the solder? Also, lots of reds during gameplay. Okay, so, um, Tim, we have a blurry screen. What's the very first thing we're going to go to? Well, we're going to check the, the, the flyback and the focus on it. There's, right. there's a, the flyback itself has a focus button. A lot of times it's just out of focus. Uh, that's the first thing we're going to check. Uh, if you have adjusted your focus and it just will not focus in, uh, most of the time it's not a cap. If it just, there's bad focus, usually has to do with your flyback. Okay, you just updated Tim. He says it takes 15 minutes and then the screen clears up. Okay. Well, then, then that is true. Now we're going, now, now he is right. You probably do have a cap issue then yeah. that is causing that. So we have issues in the high voltage section. What's, what's basically happening is that it sounds like your fly, now your flyback could still be dying. Okay, right. it could it could be that your flyback is dying a slow death that happens and it starts to get blurry over time. But it can also get the it can also be the power getting to the flyback is just taking a while to get up to full. Okay, right. and if that's the case, a lot of times it's because you have some caps in there that are taking a while to charge up before they release that power back to the high voltage section of your monitor. And so in that case, like Tim mentioned, you may want to try the cap kit first. 
okay especially in the power supply section to make sure that we're getting good power through there and then if we do replace the caps on the board make sure you get the filter caps too very important mm -hmm. make sure you get all the cap the, the entire cap kit for this because it could be a filter cap issue once we've done the cap kit if we're still having that blurriness then we probably need to start looking at the flyback right probably Tim? so so there you go so jumping general hopefully that answers your question good luck with that pow there and let's see oh a current photograph says newport beach is nice Yes. So I have not been there, Tim. So nice. Yeah, it is very nice. There you go. <clears throat> so I know that you'll be going, like he, Tim mentioned earlier, if you missed it, he's going to California pretty soon. So. Probably end of July if things work out. Uh, I'm June. End okay. of June. And we'll talk more about two other trips in uh, uh, Amarillo and Sioux Falls, South Dakota. So wow. I'm going to be doing a lot of traveling in the next month. Well, you see, and the cool thing about Tim traveling is whenever he uh, sends me pictures of all the places, all the arcades he's been to. Because, you know, obviously, Tim, we're going to talk about one you went to this past month. Sure. So right. it's always fun to see your pictures from the different arcades around the country. And so we hope that you'll bring us back a lot of photos from your travels. It's always fun to meet uh, and see different arcades and go to different places. It gives me something to do at night. It's always fun. Oh, yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Uh, chime in here, Tim. Current Photograph says, Hey, guys, I've been looking into a four-player cabinet kit and find they are drilled for Sanwa or Hap. Is one better than the other? Preference is really what it comes down to. So, um, Tim, we grew up, I grew up in the 90s, and mm -hmm. Tim grew up in the 80s. And if you grew up on coin ops from that time most of them had hap controls on them Correct. and so if you if you are somebody who likes a traditional control hap is good but a lot of fighting game people um if you're into that community really like the sandwa sticks they're very responsive yep. they're very fast moving and so if you're somebody who may be more into that kind that style of of play then you may want to get you some sandwas i've heard good things about both for me personally tim it's always going to be a hap joystick yeah so, it's always nice when they're new anyway. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Sandwalls are good too, though. Sure. Anything so, new is going to play pretty good. Absolutely. Should. Uh, question from Nate. What would cause a Carnival to lose sync after a few hours of being on? It's on for about eight hours a day every day, but after the seventh hour, it stops syncing. Um, resetting it resolves the issue. So basically, it's in sync, and then all of a sudden, it goes out of sync. So... Um, first thing we do is make sure that you've got all of your hold adjustments and everything properly set. So when it goes out of sync, you may try to adjust the monitor at that point to make sure mm -hmm. that, you know, to see if you can figure out what's going on. If it continues to stay out of sync, though, Tim, could be time to uh, maybe do a cap kit or something else, Yeah, right? it's probably time to do some monitor repair on it. I mean, there's an outside chance that uh, that's a pretty long time. Uh, if it was the power supply, I would suspect that it failed before then sure uh so i would probably suspect that it's a monitor and just not just older monitor where it's just not able to produce long long 16 hour days or whatever like it used to could so probably a good time to do a cap cut on it and another thing to check though would be your main power supply voltage as well when the game goes out of sync how is your main power supply voltage carnival tim is a very power hungry game mm -hmm. and so whenever your monitor goes out of sync the question is are you still getting good voltage from the power supply at that point? Yeah. So if you're not, you may want to turn it up a little bit just to see if that makes a difference because obviously weak power getting to your game board is going to mean weak power getting to your sync wires and your uh, to your sync and everything else in your monitor. So. Yeah, the time to check it, like John's saying, is when it's messing up. Correct. So check it, check it at that time. And if you're still able to reset it and get it back, I wouldn't fear that too much. Uh, just go ahead and check check a few things while, you, while it is out of sync. Absolutely. Um, Nate says, the next day I have it on a timer and have it set on three hours off uh, for an hour, on for three hours and so on. But every single night, just about 
uh, just about the hour it turns off uh, for the night, it loses sync. So, yeah, mm. I mean, it could be time to just rebuild the monitor and do the cap kit like Tim mentioned. But when it does mess up, check the main power supply too. Make sure that your board is still getting good voltage. Again, Carnival, super power hungry game. Mm -hmm. So you want to make sure, in fact, you may want to even turn the power supply up a little bit past, maybe to that um, 5.1 range or a little mm -hmm. bit below that just because it does require a little bit more little, little extra power from some other guys. I also would wor worry about it, how hot your cabinet is getting during for that long a period of time. It's almost like you can set your watch by it. Uh, make sure that you got your fans working as it's as running as efficiently as possible. Too. Absolutely because the heat will kill power supplies uh, monitor chassis and everything else. So you may want to throw an extra fan in there, or if you have a fan that's not working, get it working. It can make a big difference on, in your uh, in the long. My guess would be monitor though. Absolutely. Joe says I can't imagine Tim walking into an arcade, kind of like when the food inspector shows up at a restaurant. Well, that's funny, Tim. Cause basically, <laughs> that too, right? That's what I usually do. Yeah. <laughs> so you're kind of both. So, uh, uh, you, you know, here's you know, the thing: when we walk into an arcade, we're just there to play. Right, I'm not there the to pick apart people. I mean, you know, I, I don't I don't tell you, oh, you need to fix that, you need to fix that. I mean... No, I notice stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I notice when stuff isn't working correctly or whatever. Or, But I also notice the good. I'm like, man, I told you well, the last month, if you remember watching the other one, I was so impressed with how clean all those pinball games were. I can't even imagine cleaning that many pinball games every month. Um, those were some very clean and everything was working really good. So it can work in the, to the advantage too, John. You know, it works good both ways. Right? Absolutely. So you appreciate, I mean, we appreciate a lot when people put in the time to keep their games clean, to keep everything up and running because it is a big undertaking to do. Even if you've only got two or three games, it's a big undertaking to keep them all working. And so Most of the time I'm just there to, to play games though and I'm having a good time. Nobody knows. I'm incognito most of the time. Absolutely. So there you go. I don't know why we're getting the flipping in the video. I'm going to yeah, have to investigate. We'll figure that out. I need to figure that out, guys. Sorry about that. Uh, Nate, new power supply recap monitor, new fan inside. It's just odd that it lasts hours up until and stops syncing. Yeah, so new power supply and recapped at this point. Um, it almost sounds, I mean, to me, I'm almost leaving board issue at this point. Could be. Um, so, but again, I would check your power supply after after you go out of sync just to see. And maybe, like John was saying, maybe just tweaking it by turning it up a little higher than normal. Not way out of range, but like at that 5.1. Uh, that may help a lot, too. And um, the B-plus voltage on the monitor. So check that whenever you're getting the out-of-sync, too. Mm -hmm. Make sure that it has not fallen out of range. Because if the B-plus voltage is falling out of range, it's very common for sync issues to occur. So you may check that. Wait for it to mess up and then do all your tests. Mm -hmm. would be the point. So test the voltage. Test, um, test the power at the monitor. Test the B-plus voltage at the monitor. Make sure all that stuff is good, big time. Keep us informed. I, that's kind of a puzzling one even to me. I would... Really like to know. Absolutely. Uh, Robbie J., how do you know when it's time to rejuvenate a monitor versus recap? Um, if if the monitor's more than five years old, it's always time to rejuvenate it. <laughs> <laughs> That's not going to hurt. Um, it's not... Well, I know, I know some people, you can overdo it. But if you have a rejuvenator, I would probably always try that first. Okay. It just makes sense. Now, if you're missing a color completely... Yeah. Um, that's probably, it can be a tube issue. It can be. That's, uh, it's a tube issue 15% of the time. It's a, it's a chassis issue 85% of the time. Mm. So you need to make sure that you're, you need to make sure that you're checking the, um, that you're checking. If it's, if your colors look faded and muted and there's no adjustment that you can do to really fix that, you may be looking at a tube issue. Mm. Okay. If you're missing a color, probably chassis issue. 
Um, but we're looking for muted colors that we can't adjust out. If we're getting that, probably time to look up a tube. So there True. you go. Um, who needs cable TV when we have arcade repair tips TV? I appreciate all your help from Jumping General. Of course, we're here to help you in any way that we can. Uh, Dan, like I said, Dan freaking, we helped him fix something 13 years ago and he's here. So, I mean, some of you guys are it have been long timers. Yeah, it's lasted this long. Look at that. So, uh, some of you guys are long timers here. We want to appreciate, we appreciate everybody and we especially appreciate those of you who have hung, hung in with us. Uh, Tim, you got to remember, we have people who started listening to us and reading our content when they were kids and now they're full grown adults. Right. Which is mind-blowing. Of course, when we started this, I didn't have kids. And now I've got kids. And so, I mean, it's amazing how far we have come. So, there you go. Tim, let us continue on with our questions here. And the next one is from Todd. And Todd says, Hello, I recently moved into a home and the sellers left a sit-down console. I really like to get it to work so I can play the games. I played when I was a kid with my son. I played when I was a kid with my son. Uh, when I power it on, it just makes a high-pitched sound and nothing shows on the screen. They did leave a manual, but it seems to assume some knowledge of the unit as it talks about dip switch settings but doesn't have any photos in the manual to show where those dip switches are located. Below are some pictures of the unit. Any idea on how to troubleshoot fix this? I really appreciate any help you can provide. Thank you, Todd. So, Tim, Todd mm -hmm. inherited a cocktail, and we're about to see <laughs> what this cocktail looks like. Look at this. I was going to say, how cool is it? You know, it's always fun. I, I moved a lot when I was a kid. Every time we'd move, somebody always leaves something behind. Oh, yeah. Might be a rake or something, but you got you always got something inherited or something they forgot or something hidden. But who leaves a video game behind? That's pretty cool. Well, right? It was not working. Right. And they probably didn't want to move it. Right. I mean, you know how it is. It's like pool tables. My my aunt and my uncle got a pool table because the neighbors were moving and, the, and they, didn't they didn't want, want to, move to move it. it. Yeah. Right. Pool tables are heavy, right? But you can move it next door. That's easy. Moving it across the country, that's hard. So, there you go. But uh, so it's Todd, got a multi-cade. Yeah. It's a multi-cade. It's got a nice um, a CRT in it. Uh -huh. See that? Okay. I mean, it hardly looks like it's got any burn on it. It looks like uh -huh. almost new. You can see the control board here, Tim. You can see that it has like an ATX-style power supply. And it looks like it has almost brand new controls there. Does seem to be modeled after a classic midway style cabinet if it's not actually a midway style cabinet. Mm -hmm. So, Tim, he, he plugs it in, he's just getting this high pitched squeal. That's right. it. So, where can Todd start in order to get this thing up and running? Well, you got to open it up to see what it's about. And so, we have shot some videos on opening up and working on it, troubleshooting a, our. A cocktail cabinet. So, so let me stop you just real quick. Todd calls this a sit-down console. Uh, Todd, we typically call these cocktails. Right. Okay, a cocktail cabinet. And so when you're looking for the video, we have a video on opening a cocktail cabinet. Right. Okay? I know you may look for opening a sit-down cabinet. If you do that, you may not find it. So I want to tell you, look for opening a cocktail cabinet. Watch that video because that's going to help you out immensely. Tim, continue. Uh, now that it said it kind of said it had a pitch or a high pitch or a squeal, that's pretty indicative of a bad power supply. Uh, so we're, we're, but we're always going to start at power. We call it the ASAP approach, where we're going to follow the power coming in and see where it goes and if it continues or stops. So uh, check it going to the power supply. Make sure nothing come unhooked or anything like, simple like that. Uh, then check your power supply. Make sure that it has voltage coming in. We have some videos on, it sounds like he's pretty new, but we have a lot of videos on how to do this stuff, on how to check a power supply. So you would check it with a, you'll need a multimeter in order to do this. And then we want to make sure that we have good voltage coming in and that we've got good voltage coming out. After that, if the power supply is good, then we probably would suspect the monitor next 
or question if the game is what we call playing blind. It doesn't sound like it's playing blind at all. So before I jump to the monitor, if the power supply was good, now I'm suspecting a board and I would really check all the wiring and so forth. It's probably got a 60 and one or something in it. Those are cheap boards, so if it needs to be uh, switched out or bought a new one, you can get one for you know less $50 or less. Uh, those are some places that I would start. But realistically, getting it opened up and getting in there, there's a lot of stuff that you can see, or take us some uh, better pictures of the inside. Maybe we can help you troubleshoot a little bit further but you got to get in there. Uh, the manual will help learning those terms. I know that it may be a little Greek to you at first, but we have videos on most of those things like how to set dip switch settings. How, and so there, if you'll watch our video, I bet you can easily find them on that little bitty board. Mm -hmm. So uh, if you'll take those key terms, uh, do a search on our site, you'll find a video or something that will help you with that. And I think that uh, we may have to get a few uh, questions going with you in the future. I don't know if we have enough right now to determine. But um, thank, you, thank you for writing in. I think it's cool. Still blows me away that you, you kind of inherited it by getting a, uh, moving into a new house. So what a great find. We're here for you, and we would like to help you more. Uh, let us know uh, how it's coming with it. And Tim, I'll go ahead. You basically took the words right out of my mouth, so I'll just go ahead and put up the outline scene here. Um, in order to do any kind of troubleshooting, we are going to have to gain access to the inside of the cabinet. While this game looks pretty new, the design seems to be based off of the classic Midway-style cocktail tables. See our video on opening a cocktail cabinet for more information. We already said that, Tim. So, yeah. So, I mean, here's the nerve-wracking thing is that to unlatch the top, you have to get your hand pretty darn close to the monitor too right <laughs> and if and if you're not if you're not happy with that um it can be a little nerve-wracking if you're not experienced with that so just be careful most cocktails will put a shroud over the monitor tube there to make sure that you can't actually touch it mm. um but not everyone will so you may want to look up in there with a flashlight just to make sure that you can see those latches and then once you unlatch them you should be able to just fold it down on those hinges hinges <clears throat> now once you gain access to the inside first order of business will be to check the power with the multimeter Tim mentioned ASAP. Always start at power. Let's make sure that you have the AC voltage coming from the wall and through the cabinet. Also make sure that your board is getting the correct DC voltage from the power supply. Like Tim mentioned, probably a power supply issue or a game board issue. If your power supply is good and your game board is just not getting power or is just not coming on, you could probably replace it with a 16-in-1 if it's not a 16-in-1 already for $50 or less. So uh, same thing with the power supply. Power supply is probably close to that. Tim, this looks like an ATX style power supply, so you're going to need to, when you get your multimeter, you're going to need to put your red probe into one of the pins with a red wire typically coming mm -hmm. out of it for 5 volts and your black probe into a black wire pin, so that way you can check to see how much voltage is coming off your power supply. Tim, it also looked like that power supply had a fan on it. Yes. So if the fan is not running, that could give you an indication as to whether or not the power supply is working as well. Not necessarily, but it is definitely a good thing to look for. Tim, did we cover everything for Todd? Anything else? I think we're about done. Okay, sounds good. So, Todd, uh, hopefully answers your question. If you need any additional help, feel free to contact us back. And good luck getting your free cocktail cabinet back up and mm -hmm. running. Tim, you know, uh, nothing beats free as nope. far as price goes. Can't so. beat the free. That's right. Free's my favorite price. So, <clears throat> for sure. I'll take a lot of stuff for free. And this is why my house looks so cluttered, right here. <laughs> so, actually, we're doing really good with that. We've been cleaning up, Tim. I and trying to, I was about to I say, the it. piles are smaller. I need to, um, I have a couple of arcade one-ups that need to make their way over to your house. Yeah. Okay. So, okay, we need, that needs to happen at some point. But anyway. It's always room for those. Exactly. Mm -hmm. There you go. 
Okay, Tim, well, we're to the part of the show where we do our quick question and answers. And so what we do in this section, guys, is we do three rapid fire questions to Tim. And then Tim will answer those in a rapid fire uh, sec uh, way. And so we will um, throw those at him real quick. So, Tim, let me go ahead and bring those up so we can discuss them. So we have Peter first. He says, my Asteroids Deluxe is getting fuzzy on one side. Any ideas? So, Tim, Asteroids Deluxe, Spectrum Monitor. So we'll talk about that. Andrew, I'm told I'm in need... I need or repair a new chassis for my Time Crisis 4. Do you sell or repair them? What's the cost? Thank you in advance. And then we... So, Andrew, Time Crisis 4 monitor repair. Mm -hmm. David, I have a Time Crisis arcade game. Sometimes the screen does not register the gun approximately two inches from the left side. I clean the screen and it appears to work better, but now it's stopped working again. Do I need to adjust the brightness and the contrast? So, David has a Time Crisis. Left side's not registering. Do we need to adjust brightness and contrast? Contrast. So let's do this again. Peter, Asteroids Deluxe, fuzzy on one side. Andrew, Time Crisis 4, chassis repair. David, Time Crisis, gun not registering mm -hmm. on the two inches from the left. And do I need to adjust my brightness? So, Tim, let's take these one at a time. Let's take Peter first. Uh, Peter, out of focus, just on one side of this Asteroids Deluxe. Right. What needs to happen? Could be a focus or more likely a convergence issue. Try adjusting the focus adjustment and then maybe making sure that uh, you may need to mark where the rings are now so that you can get back to where you are, but you may need to adjust them a little bit to get it more into focus, especially because it's in one area. That's what makes me think that. Yeah, and you may have to adjust the entire yoke, like Tim mentioned, just depending on what the issue is. Andrew, what about a monitor repair for this Time Crisis 4, Tim? Well, we don't uh, offer repair services or monitors, but we have some people on our page that definitely do. Uh, one is usually here in the chat room. I don't see him here tonight, uh, Paul Duray. Uh, it's very good, paulsmonitors.com. I would definitely contact them about sending it in, and they can, what they do is take yours off. We have some videos on how to do that. Let them fix it and send it back to you, and then you will reinstall it and adjust it, and you should be good to go. He also asked about an estimate of repair cost. What do you think, Tim? Uh, anywhere from the lowest, probably 75 to maybe $200. Okay, and it may be more than that, just Depends depending on, on the monitor model and all that kind of stuff What as well. parts it needs. Exactly. And then we had David, Tim, with the, um, <clears throat> with the time crisis that only the two inches of the screen was not registering on the left side. What about that? Right. So he can... Yeah, He's a good start where he's at. I would definitely open up those guns and I would look at them and make sure the wiring and everything. But he could watch our video on troubleshooting uh, light gun issues and that will probably go in a lot more detail. Um, several things that it could be. But uh, if he'll watch that video, I'm sure that he'll get some good tips that might help him. Now, he mentioned brightness and contrast. Are those two things you'd recommend him For to? sure. Those are, the two, those are the two things that I would definitely try next. And just turning up those... Even just a little bit can make a huge difference. Sounds good. So there we go, guys. I'm going to go ahead and put up the scene here so you guys can see them. So Peter had the Asteroids Deluxe. It could be a focus or convergence issue. Try adjusting the focus adjustment to see if that helps. You may need to modify the yoke or the rings on the tube as well. So you may have to shim up the yoke. You may have to turn or adjust the yoke. You may have to adjust the rings like Tim mentioned as well in order to get that focused on that one side. But hopefully between adjusting the focus and adjusting the rings and the yoke, you'll be able to get that dialed in. Andrew, we do not repair or sell monitors, but we do have several people we recommend. You can see our monitor repair services and information heading on our resources page at arcaderepairtips.com slash resources. And we do want to, we do want to mention our friend Paul, Paul Jure at paulsmonitors.com, who does quite a bit of monitor repair. Now, Tim, he does not do all monitors and 
Atomic Crisis 4 probably has a newer monitor in it. So yeah. you may want to check with Paul. Make sure that uh, he can fix whatever it is you're going to send in. If not, we have several people who can do it too on our resources page like we mentioned. Chad at Arcade Cup is a big name, Tim, that a lot of people recommend. We have mm-hmm. several others there too who can fix it up if he can't. So, And then, Tim, we had David with the Time Crisis. Good next step. Let's try the brightness, right? Brightness and contrast adjustments Let's do that. Make sure you also check out our post and video on troubleshooting light gun issues. Some great information there, like Tim mentioned. So, Tim, did we cover everything? I think so. Okay, so we'll leave it there. So, hopefully, Peter, Andrew, and David, that will answer your questions. If you have any additional things that you need to tell us or uh, comments, questions, other things about your issues you'd like us to address, please let us know, and we'll try to help you out further. Okay. Oh, Joe says he has an ATX in Raleigh, North Carolina. If if he wants a free one, so there you go. So if you if um and that is for Todd. So Todd, if you're looking for a new power supply and you're near Raleigh, North Carolina, Joe has one for you. (laughs) So there you go. Never know when you're gonna need it. It's good to keep around. So, um, let's see. Okay, Tim. So let's. We already talked about you've been traveling. Yeah. And so you were traveling, and you sent me some pictures. Well, yeah. A lot of times I'll go to a classic arcade or, or bar, and there is one in El Paso that I would love to go to. It's called Rubik's. You but went there last time, right? I did. But this time, um, I was literally about a half a block from Dave and Buster's. Okay. So I was. I actually wanted some wings one night, and they got good food. They did. So I thought I'm going to go and see what newer games if there are anything that's coming out new and i took a picture of a few that i thought were kind of cool that you may not know that are there or you may have played and get your thoughts on okay tim i'm gonna go ahead and throw up a slide here so everybody can see now you took a picture of the outside i love it when he does this because that lets me know where he's at mm-hmm. so he, tim won't tell me where he's at he's like <laughs> he'll just take a picture and so he sent me the dave and busters like, oh you're at dave and busters i know that one so tim it looks like we've got a couple of games here that is a wicked tuna and a rampage right yeah so, kind of a fishing game that looked kind of interesting. And, of course, Rampage, we all know. And we've seen it before, but I thought that was a really big one. Dave & Buster's always has these huge games. That one looked like a lot of fun to play. And kids were playing it. I like the guy with his baby sitting up there. <laughs> oh, yeah, it. that's right. <laughs> um, I actually got to play Wicked Tuna. I went to... <coughs> excuse me. I went to Dave & Buster's in Frisco, and they had Wicked Tuna. Took my son there in March, and yeah. we got to play Wicked Tuna. It's actually pretty decent. It looks like so a it's fun like game. So it's like a normal fishing game. I mean, yeah. you know, except it's a little bit more It's a little bit more advanced. You know, it's uh-huh. got some cooler graphics and things. So what else we got here, Tim? We had the Hot Wheels, and let's see, what is the, what's the middle one? That I think is Minecraft. Minecraft Dungeons. Yeah, Minecraft Dungeons. And then this one was kind of like a roller coaster simulator you see, it's a big ride where you had to have an attendant over there, and they set you down there, and it actually goes up and down and kind of drops and does some things. That's the VR one, Yeah, right? the VR one, so that was kind of cool. So, um, YouTube Punk says, Dave and Buster's frowns on photography. They asked me not to when taking pictures of their classic arcade games. Um, you know, I mean, I, I understand that to a certain extent. Tim, obviously, they didn't have any problems with you taking these right. pictures. I mean, you know, uh, I guess I'd have to give them the old, you know, I own this place kind of thing. Right. I own a lot of stock <laughs> right. in Dave and Buster's. So. <laughs> um, were these all raw thrills? I don't think they're all raw thrills. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't I think don't, so. I don't think so. These are just some... Like I said, games I haven't seen before, and I haven't been in this... You know, I usually go to a classic arcade, so I thought these were kind of fun so I saw, to see what else was new. I saw Hot Wheels at Frisco. I did not get to play it, but it mm-hmm. looked really fun. It did look fun. So I wish I would have played it. I did not get a chance. And then this one, Tim, I did get to play as well. This is Dodgeball, right? Okay, right. Where you actually throw a dodgeball, 
a real dodgeball at targets and stuff and so what do you think about that it, was kind it of is fun, fun. so me yeah. and my buddy um played it probably back in uh earlier this year we went up there for like a trip to the national video game museum and i got to get to play dodgeball dodgeball is fun so it is a really fun game like you said you hit the targets with the dodgeballs and everything and when you're playing against somebody it's even more fun i mean just oh, like yeah. most games are and so it is a really fun game i really like dodgeball quite a bit but yeah these are just some of the ones that you saw tim was there anything else that you saw at that dave and busters that you thought was you know there was there was probably a dozen others but most of them were games i had seen before i tried to pick ones that i wasn't familiar with i thought well these are pretty new so that's kind of where i just took a few pictures like that overall uh was really fun i didn't even play much because um i was really hungry and i wanted to eat and i was just enjoying kind of watching some kids play and just kind of saw what was attracting them and what was it today and you saw most of the games had a lot of lights a lot of interaction but the they they also had an axe throwing game you know they had the, the axe throwing one is cool too yeah the axe they had that one they also had the uh one with the angry birds it was so interactive games that also kind of interactive half video game half interaction i think those are kind of cool but um just just was different this time on this trip a lot of times i love to highlight some classic games that i love to play but I like all games, so it was a good trip. It was a, and it was a clean, uh, well-kept facility and good food. That is one thing about Dave & Buster's. I always feel like they do a good job with the cleanliness. I do, they too. usually clean. Their games are usually always working. Yeah. Very uh-huh. rarely do I ever see a down game at Dave & Buster's, which says a lot about them. And so, um, good stuff. Um, and YouTube Punk says they just knew who you were. They didn't oh, okay. want that smoke, Tim. You they know, they didn't want, want the smoke. Well, I don't... I don't know about that. They were, I, think, <laughs> I think they were just... Uh, they saw me as hungry guy, and uh, they were trying to sell me up sell me food and uh and stuff they're always trying to upsell there yeah that's for sure so i love dave and buster's great place mm-hmm. so it doesn't matter where it's we do going. inspect them and i've got to do one in florida it was a really good experience you I, see that's when you were an inspector i guess that maybe they, they <laughs> might have been hiding i think i might even have my shirt on that i didn't even think about that oh well, there you go they're like oh he can take pictures because he's going to report them back to the home office right, right. right. so there you they go. knew they were good <laughs> there you go well we're glad you had a good time in el paso going it to dave and buster's and we look forward to more pictures very soon so there we go. Now, Tim, let's get into the news portion of our discussion, whatever you want to call this, of our live show. And Tim, this article, so we posted this. Huge news. Uh, and it was huge news. Not only was it huge news, Tim, Atari reposted re, or retweeted our tweet was, on this, which was pretty cool. I think so. So mm-hmm. absolutely. So here we go, guys. And we actually named it the title of this episode. Mm-hmm. Atari has partnered with Retro Arcade Remakes to offer reproduction PCBs. And, Tim, if you would have told me in 2023 that Atari was going to make arcade boards again, I would have told you you are freaking nuts. All right. But here we are. It's 2023, and Atari is making reproduction PCBs. So let me read this real quick. Atari has partnered with Rich Arcade Remakes to offer reproduction PCBs. The Atari website states, These boards use the original build materials, follow the original schematic, and can be used to replace damaged original boards by using the original parts from these boards. In other words, the PCBs do not come populated with parts. Can I say that again? Right. The PCBs do not come populated with parts. This is just a silkscreened... Printed circuit board, no parts. Okay. Now, it does have a cool little, um, yeah. little it shows marquee the marquee and it has thing. the instructions for the game on it and stuff. Okay. But, Tim, each one of these boards is $245. Right. Okay. So, 
I think this is big news. Okay, right. and like Huge I said, news. Atari retwe- we uh, retweeted our tweet, which was awesome. Uh, Tim, this got more um, views than probably any other tweet that we've ever had, and we want to thank Atari for that because <laughs> man, that was awesome. <laughs> so um, very good. Bracer Show saying yes, they are not populated. No way, I'm repurposing a uh, repopulating a fresh board. If I was desperate, Tim, I'd do it. Right. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, but, it depends um, on the game, maybe. Joe says what's left of Atari. We're going to talk about that here in a second, Tim. But the first thing we need to do is debate. Okay. Okay, so get... are the new reproduction Atari PCBs worth the $245 price tag? Okay. Okay. So here we go. Um, everybody in the live show, of course, live show chat can ch- chime in and let us know what you think. But right now, me and Tim are going to debate it. Are the new reproduction Atari PCBs worth the $245 price tag? Tim, we're going to do a reset. We're going to come right back. We're going to talk about it. Here we go. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the arcade debate for this evening. And tonight, we have some big news from Atari, Tim, that they are actually making arcade PCBs once again. It is 2023, and Atari is making arcade PCBs. But... There are a couple of things about them. One, they come unpopulated with parts. So basically, you're just getting a printed circuit board. It is silkscreen with the marquee and the instructions for the game on the back, which is pretty cool. And right now, they're only offering three, Tim, but they hope to offer more in the future. They are selling them for $245. So, Tim, that is the debate this evening. Are these new Atari reproduction PCBs worth the $245 price tag? Tim, what do you say? I say... Heck no. <laughs> it's not not even close. I mean, that'd be kind of a cool piece of nostalgia, but I don't know who is actually really going to take the time. To, nobody has the, the stuff at home to do that, except part by part, and that would literally take you forever. Um, so maybe a piece of... It's neat that they're doing it, and I think they're kind of cool looking, but I see them hanging on game room walls. I don't see them going into games. What about you? So, Tim, I'm going to take the opposite of you, of course, and I am going to say, yes, they are worth the $245 price tag. Tim, if I said that Atari was going to make Mm -hmm. new arcade PCBs in 2023, you would say I was crazy. Here we are. They are actually doing it. Isn't that incredible in itself? Now... The price tag's a little on the high side, okay? But you gotta remember that this is more than just a board. This is a collectible, and not only just a collectible, but a fully licensed collectible. I mean, how many knockoffs have we seen, Tim? Lots of knockoffs out True. there. We are looking at a fully licensed piece of PC PCB. Fully licensed, okay? That means but part of that price is included in that, okay? So, I mean, when you're looking at 245 bucks, I understand it's a little on the high side, but you're getting something that's licensed and works. Tim, supposedly. It actually works. I mean, now you do have to populate it, which is a big pain, but the fact that it actually works is pretty cool, okay? So, with that in mind, you still think it's too high. Yeah, it's still a, it's still a boat anchor or a ornament on my wall working is me plugging it in and playing my game. At, it takes going to take a long time and a lot of parts, and where are you going to find all the chips and the different things? I would rather have a newer style board that they made with uh, like a 60 and one that played all the Atari games. I don't care about the original board in that fashion unless it's populated and I can actually plug it in and play it. It's just too much work, especially for that price. It would take me forever to get my game up and going with that. I understand, Tim, but here's the thing. I look at this as maybe just a first step. Maybe this is just Atari dipping their toe in what could be a new market, okay? So they don't know really what these things are going to go for. So what we're going to do is we're going to price them really high, but guess what? We can back down from that price, right? So we, we know that these are probably don't cost that much 
to actually make. And so 245, yes, it may be high, but it's also introductory. Have you noticed Arcade 1UP does this model where they offer things for really high prices and then they slowly come down off that price, right? Tim, it's much easier to come down off a price than it is to come up. Yeah. Right? And so if you start at 245, there's no telling where they may drop it from there. As far as the population, I totally get that. I'm hoping that at some point they will be able to offer fully populated boards. But Tim, you and I both know that getting some of these chips is hard. Yeah. Okay? I mean, like getting some of these replacement chips, they're hard to find sometimes. There's not, sometimes there is not a recent replacement for a chip that was made back in the 70s and 80s, Tim. And so it may be hard from a sourcing standpoint to get the parts that they need to populate these boards. And so yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that this is a first step. I hope they sell a ton of these things and it shows that there is a market for arcade PCB reproductions. That's what I'm hoping for. And I hope at some point we do get fully populated. Again, it's high, but it, but I wouldn't be surprised at all to see them back down from that price, okay? And if they came down, let's say they come down to 200, what do you think at a 200 or a 150 price range? What do you think? Would it be worth it to you then? I think about $100, I'm going to have a couple of them hanging on my wall just for looks. And the fact that uh, you actually can, you can put your parts <laughs> on this board and it will work. How many boards have we seen with broken traces? Now, we all know it would take you forever to move all of the parts <laughs> from your board to this board. Totally get that, okay? I get it. But we, I mean, sometimes that's better than having to re rebuild all the traces by hand. It just depends on the damage on the board, right? And so the fact that you even have this as an option is a good thing to me, okay? The price is a little high right now again start the price high come down from there right art of the deal tim art of the deal it's so. just a piece of art that's all it is that uh, says a live chat. <laughs> that's right. So what do you say? Let us know what your thoughts are. If you're here with us live, you can let us know in the live chat. If you're watching this after the fact, you can chime in below in the comments section. We'd love to hear your thoughts about these reproduction Atari PCBs. Let us know and we'll see you later. Thanks for watching tonight's arcade debate. Okay, Tim. Mm -hmm. Boom. You did okay. good. You did. You, you presented some good points there, Jonathan. I'm, just, but I'm trying. What's up? What's I, look, I know the price is high. <laughs> but, but again, you don't... Look, if I want... If well, I want... When I first heard it, I was thinking brand new PCBs. Fully populated. Yeah, and I was like, oh my gosh. Right. I'll get every one. Sure. But... Yeah, the I fact that the parts are not on this board is a bummer. That's I don't know what... They expect the average person to do with that. Yeah, exactly. Let's go over to the live chat real quick okay. here, Tim. <laughs> got some so, uh, let's see. Joe says, what's left of Atari? Let's talk about that for a second. What's left of Atari is starting to move in a really good direction. I don't know if you've mm -hmm. noticed this. We've had a lot of posts about them acquiring classic game rights. Have you noticed this? Mm -hmm. They just did one yesterday, I think, or today. They just had another post about acquiring more, more of their library back, licensing rights. This is smart, guys, for mm -hmm. for Atari. If they can get rights to reproduce things that that were that were you know older games that were popular on Atari consoles or or even Atari arcade games, I mean that's what people want right now. Sure, you see how hot that is. I mean, mm -hmm. so if they, I mean, that's where they want to go. I think it's, I think it is incredibly. An incredibly smart move to do this. And so, yes, it is what's left of Atari, but maybe what's left of Atari is trying to rebuild Atari. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? In a certain form or fashion. So, let's talk about that. Um, Geek Light. Pass. Um, not going to not gonna put uh, pulls in a new board. What a ripoff. Okay, yeah. I understand that. Understand. Current Photograph, I think that's fantastic. I wonder if they can make the chips in the USA. So, here's the thing. Here's the kicker. I think we can figure out why they didn't populate these boards because like we said, some of these chips are really hard to get. And so it may be about sourcing. If they can get to a point where they can find sourcing for all of the chips on these boards, we may get fully populated boards. I think it's just a matter of, it may be a matter Maybe. of time. 
hopefully. But at least they're giving us something right now. Um, let's see. Encore MPW. There's some other games I would, yes, not these titles, not for me. And I think that's a good point too, Tim. All the titles that they recently released are uh, vector titles, Tim. Um, okay. uh, Major Havoc, Gravatar, Black Widow. Those are the okay. three that we have. Now, our friends at Arcade Heroes, Tim, are saying that they're going to do Warlords, uh, Lunar Lander, Food Fight, and Millipede. Okay. Do those boards mean more to you? Well, a simpler board that wouldn't be so hard and take years to populate, maybe. Yeah, maybe. So those are four more that are coming. Atari, if they can continue to get rights to this stuff, may release even more. So that's something to think about. Yes. Um, Let's see. Rigzer Show. I could buy a broken board for half price and steal the chips off the board that you need. You definitely could. Mm -hmm. I mean, because we all know that traces will break over time, Tim. Mm -hmm. And so, like, boards get rough. Now, with that said, chips break, too. And so we understand that you buy a broken board, not all the chips may be working. But if the vast majority of them are working and you transfer it over, it's not a bad bad increase. I mean, you know, so you may actually come off better than buying a full one. A little bit of work on your part, though. A lot of work. Right. Uh, Joe says, not everybody can solder as good as Tim. I am terrible at soldering. Mm-hmm. My traces look like a snake swallowed a bowling ball. <laughs> so, <laughs> if that's the case, yes, oh, I understand. Okay. But, I mean, not all of us. Again, soldering is an art. You practice a little bit more, you may be able to get a little bit better at it. Current Photograph says, yes, I would get asteroids. Okay. So that's a good one. That would be a good one, I think, to have. YouTube Punk says, if I had Bezos money, I'd get them all for wall hangers. Right. And I think <laughs> a lot of people just get them for I think it is cool pieces. look. Yeah. I think it's it would cool be looking, cool looking, for sure. Joe says, true, took me four junk boards to get my own embryon working perfectly. It may. You know, sometimes it does. Uh, they forgot the parts. That's what YouTube Punk <laughs> says. Uh, Dan says, populated would be a dream, but agreed. At $100, I'd pick up something for a wall decoration above my cabinets. Joe says, John is the Red Bull jacked up version of Tim. <laughs> <laughs> <you guys>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I try to have mm-hmm. high energy. He does have the energy. I tell people it's all always. the... Like, I told people at one time I did a podcast, mm-hmm. and they think we do NPR here. Mm-hmm. Right. Thank you for joining us today. For yeah. this podcast. Like, they think right. we do NPR. I don't right. do NPR here, guys. You guys don't want to see me, like, slowly and mm-hmm. and very, like, monotonely tell these things, no. right? Like, you don't want that. You bring, want that. you bring the fire, John. Bring the fire. That's right. right. <laughs> Got to have the energy, guys. <clears throat> so, and I drink a lot of coffee, too, Joe. So, that's fine. <laughs> but anyway. So, let me put this up here, though, because this is important here. And that is that this is the story from Arcade Heroes. Okay. okay? And, it, and it says, and from our friend Adam, it says, Licensed Atari PCB boards, Major Havoc, Black Widow, Gravatar, Warlords, Lunar Lander are, are now available. I did not see Warlords or Lunar Lander on the Atari website, but it says they are available. So okay. I assume that they're coming very soon. Okay, Warlords is very popular. Right. There is a huge, a, a huge contingent of arcade collectors that love Warlords. And I played it, Tim. It's fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not a big fan, but I know a lot of you guys love it. Food Fight's another one, Tim, mm-hmm. that a lot of people love. Food Fight. Understand. And Millipede, Tim, who doesn't love Millipede, really? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It's sure. good stuff. So the fact that they're releasing all of these PCBs is great. I do hope at some point we can get them populated. Now, Retro Arcade Remake showed a fully licensed Warlords cocktail remake at IAPA, okay? And they say it's coming along, and they expect full production around July-August, okay? And this was the prototype here that you see in the picture, but there's a there's a full cabinet coming for those of you guys who are Warlords fans. A, an actual fully licensed reproduction. Nice. Pretty cool, okay? So if you're a Warlords fan, you should be very excited about this, okay? Just saying. So you can say the shell of Atari... Some people are saying that. 
But the show of Atari is moving in the right direction. Mm-hmm. It really is. I mean, can we can we at least say that? I think so. Okay, I'm not going to say that they're per- that it's perfect. No. And it's not the same company. It was company. shocking news and right. good news. I right. think it's awesome. Right. It's not the same company it was. But the fact that they're moving in a direction to where they're... they're I mean, something like this, it helps collectors. It helps those of us who are arcade, arcade you know, preservationists that we want to preserve mm-hmm. games. These, this, this product could just be the launching pad for something much bigger. And I hope it is. But Atari is swallowing up rights to their old games... Like like Pac-Man swallows up power pellets, Tim. Mm. I mean, they're really going around and getting these licenses, and it's smart because we all know that's what we would love about Atari. We love the games, right? And so go around, get the license for the games that people love, and then remake them. You know what I'm saying? Because mm. people love that stuff, and I think I, I really do think they're moving in the right direction. So there you go. Good. Okay, and thank you, Atari, for retweeting us. That was yes. just awesome. <laughs> so I mean, they didn't put up the news themselves, really. I mean, it kind of it kind of mm. released quietly under the radar. So well, that I'm, was a good job of catching it and running with it, John. Absolutely. That's what I do sometimes, too. Mm-hmm. So there we go. So anyway, I I think it's good. I do hope we see fully fully populated PCBs, and I do hope we see more games coming very soon. And I reached out to Atari saying, hey, if you guys, we want an interview, you know, like if, just give us somebody to interview. Right. You know, we want to talk to somebody. That'd be again. awesome. So I reached out to them. We'll see if we can get an interview, even if it's like an emails back and forth. I'm good with that. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll just exchange some. Easy. Okay, let's see. Um, oh, Mike Micah built a cocktail new version of Warlords in Space. There's a small documentary on YouTube. There you go. So, but again, if you're a Warlords fan, you can buy one. Don't have to put mm-hmm. on all the work of rebuilding one yourself. So there you go. Speaking of remakes, Tim, are building old games. The Strong Museum of Play is doing something pretty cool. They're making a the world's largest mm-hmm. playable Donkey Kong arcade wow. game. <laughs> so the Strong Museum of Play in Rochester, New York, will create the world's largest playable Donkey Kong arcade game. The game, which will stand nearly 20 feet tall, will be a prominent feature in our 90,000 square foot expansion opening on June 30th. The game will be approximately 370% bigger than the original and available for guests to play. How fun. Pretty cool. Thank you, Nintendo of America, for providing input on this project. And Tim, you can see the mock-up that they have there. Pretty darn big. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's cool. And it's not the whole cabinet, as you can see. Kind of cuts off right around right. where the coin door is. But still, twenty feet tall, pretty big. So, but uh, I think this is exciting news, Tim. I've always wanted to go to the Strong Museum of Play. Mm-hmm. If I'm ever in Rochester, New York, I really want to check it I've out. I've been there. Like uh, cool maybe place. I'll go back. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't even know it was there. Yeah, you should go check it out. It's got some cool stuff there. But uh, Tim, it'll definitely be worth checking out for this big donkey. Donkey. Heck yeah! So there you go. Let us continue. Arcade One Up announced the Fast and the Furious Deluxe cabinet release, Tim. Mm-hmm. So this is interesting because we haven't seen Arcade One Up do anything this new. I right. don't feel like the newest thing I think we've gotten out of Arcade One Up is what uh, Blitz, maybe. Maybe is that the newest thing? Maybe, I was trying to yeah, think maybe. if there's it's anything. Mostly been all classic, Marvel vs. Uh, Capcom Two. Yeah, maybe a little bit newer than that. Um, but Fast and the Furious is like what late two thousands. Mm-hmm. You know, 9, 2007, 8, 9. Yeah. So, um, very interesting. And it is a Raw Thrills cabinet. You know, it's a Raw Thrills design game. Um, the Arcade or Arcade 1-Up has announced that they are releasing a deluxe cabinet based on the Fast and the Furious series of arcade games by Raw Thrills. The cabinet features a 17-inch LCD screen, light-up marquee, four-position gear shift, rumble wheel, faux coin door, and Wi-Fi leaderboards. But, Tim, the big thing about this Price. one, the new feature is that you will be able to system link up to four cabinets. How neat. Okay, cabinets need to be on the same local network, cannot connect over the internet. 
Nah. And the price is 600 bucks, which is pretty standard for a brand new arcade one up. Mm-hmm. Tim, what do you think about this? And what do you think about the system link? Option? I think it's pretty cool. I mean, I think the price is right. I think it's a good price. Uh, it's, uh, it's interesting to see where they're heading. You know, they keep, man, it's like they come out with a game a month almost. And uh, so this is a pretty cool. It's not my favorite game. Nothing that makes me want to go out and buy one, but I'm sure somebody out there is really going to be really excited to have that in their home. I think the system link is very interesting, Tim. Because mm-hmm. I mean, you could buy four of these things for $2,400. And and play everybody. <laughs> exactly. You could all race each other, which is pretty cool. Um, I mean, I don't know who's going to go buy all of those, but maybe this is just the first game they're going to do this with. I'd right. love to see them release a cruising one that has cruising USA, cruising world, cruising Exotica that does system link too. Mm-hmm. Or Daytona, right? Yes. Oh, man. Daytona would be awesome. So maybe this is just, maybe they decided, exactly, (laughs) maybe they just decided that, okay, we're going to try the system link on something different, but we really just want to get it working so that when we release a bigger title. Yeah, it's kind of an interesting choice when I would have probably picked Cruising or something a little earlier. They just jumped, like they jumped 10 years and just, here's this one. Yep. I thought that was interesting. Absolutely. So, um, it's, I mean, I've played Fast and the Furious before. It's fun, Tim. I mean, have you played it? Yes. Yeah, I mean, I've yeah. played it before. It's a fun game. So, I mean, I, I, again, it seems like an odd choice compared to the other stuff that they've released. But, I mean, still, the system link capabilities I think will be fun. And uh, it, they are fun games. Raw Thrills makes good games. Yeah. They really do, guys. So, I mean, good stuff. And these two games that come with this, Fast and the Furious, Fast and the Furious Drift, are no exception to that. So, um, and, you know, pick it up if you guys are interested. I know a lot of you guys don't like arcade one-ups. But if you want something a little bit more modern, stand-up arcade uh, driving game for your game room, might be worth checking out. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. Um, YouTube Punk wasn't um, Fast and the Furious a sit-down cabinet? I believe it was. They may have. I mm-hmm. think they had stand-up versions too, though. You know, because usually they all release the driving drivers in both. So they did have sit-down versions of it for sure. Regs are show eight cars only in the game instead of twenty-three, and it's only. And it's mm. one game of drift gameplay, but broken up into two sets of tracks. It's watered-down version. Interesting. And they, they may have had to do that for the hardware. You know Maybe. what I'm saying? The hardware is not that powerful compared to the arcade hardware, for sure. Uh, so that may have been a hardware limitation. Dan, get get one now. Pick up more if they're on sale on Black Friday or something to link them up. Great idea. Mm-hmm. So, Real Hammer Billy Lee, there were sit-down and upright versions. Yeah, and that's pretty common with all arcade driving games, Tim, because a mm-hmm. lot of times you don't have the physical space for a sit-down one. So, yeah. So, uh, Razor Show says, No likeness of Vin Diesel, and the game has drift uh, and the game has drift mechanics. There is no original uh, Fast and Furious gameplay. So they mod- they've heavily modified this okay. to get it to work. Thank totally you for get that. it. That's good. Right, but still, the fact that they brought it home at all, pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. So. Tim, here's another story that uh, hit pretty big with our audience. A An NES cart with built-in Wi-Fi brings online multiplayer to a 40-year-old Nintendo console. <laughs> pretty cool. And uh, Broke Studios actually retweet us on this too, which is pretty cool. Developer nice. Broke Studio is crowdfunding a new NES game on Kickstarter entitled Super Tilt Bro. The cartridge is a custom creation with a board that's been upgraded with an ESP8266 Wi-Fi chip, a Wi-Fi antenna, and an FPGA that allows an unmodified NES console to interface with the wireless hardware. That's crazy. It's amazing. 
The game itself looks like a streamlined recreation of Super Smash Brothers. All of the Wi-Fi configuration happens within the game's own menu system because obviously the NES didn't have a Wi-Fi right. menu built into it. So literally, you pop the cartridge in, you have to hook the cartridge up to your Wi-Fi okay. to play it. So That's um, cool. Though. And the only reason I like it is because it's super cool to use like new tech in an old in, yeah. in an old game console. I mean, it's amazing to me. So the fact that this is even that this is even possible blows right. my mind. So, but uh, I thought it was cool. We put it out there. A lot of you guys thought it was cool as well. Tim, I don't. The game looks fine, but mm -hmm. I think the tech is really what sells it. Yeah, pretty cool so. stuff. And so I don't know. I mean, I think it's. I think the game is pretty expensive if you do the Kickstarter on it. But I'd like to see it just because, man. It's kind of like it's just a cool thing. So right, nothing so. else. So. Uh, YouTube Punk says Super Wi-Fi Bros. Yeah, that's pretty much what it is. Joe says Multiplayer versus Mario, and I will own that stuff. There you go. Yeah, they may be able to do this with licensed games. Obviously, Tim, if they were going to do it with a licensed game, they'd have to get the license for mm -hmm. it. So that's why they're probably creating it. I think if, if Atari, that's got the license for some stuff, were to create something like this in their Atari games. Right. And then resell the Atari games with Wi-Fi, and you could play yep. cross-country against yep. somebody. On combat, uh, combat, or yeah, or whatever, yeah. Uh, whatever it would be, yards revenge or whatever you're playing. Right. This could be the future where somebody else could really take this idea yeah. and run with it. Actual retro gaming on retro consoles with 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 uh, internet, Wi-Fi, play online multiplayer. Yeah, absolutely. It's wild. I mean, it's amazing. It's so, wild but possible. Exactly, wild but possible. Exactly how to say it, Tim. Um, before we go into the next news nugget here, we have Nate who says, Random, I'd love to own the Raw Thrills Centipede game. I think it's Raw Thrills. I do believe it is Raw Thrills. That new Centipede, mm -hmm. is it Assault? Oh, no, yeah. that's the Galaga Games Assault. Uh, Centipede, I know what it is. I've seen it. It's like um, Centipede Revenge or something. Something like that, it's yeah. It's good fun. It is fun. Very so. fun. But but you don't play like till you die. You get twice a couple levels, then it wants you to pay again. Yes, of course. So even if you're winning, it's, I'm thinking I'm doing awesome and then it's like, pay again. I'm like, wait a second, I didn't die. Right. I, <laughs> I think that can be modified. Yeah. Some operators really want to get their money out of it. It's expensive, I'm sure. So Now, Tim, uh, as far as news goes, that's about it. But we have some movies to talk about. Okay. Okay. Now, we already said we were going to talk about the Super, the Super Mario Brothers movie. Because me and Tim both saw it. Mm -hmm. But I saw another arcade-related movie, Tim. I saw this one, too. And um, we talked about it a while back, but, mm -hmm. you know, I don't think either one of us had watched this, watched it at that point. But, Tim, I watched Willy's Wonderland. Uh, and it's right. on Hulu right now, if you guys would like to watch it. And I've got the link there, and I think it's also <laughs> down below. So, for those of you guys who don't know what Willy's Wonderland is, the imitable Nicolas Cage plays a quiet drifter tricked into a janitor's job at a condemned family entertainment center. Okay, the mundane task suddenly becomes an all-out fight for survival against wave after wave of demonic animatronics, directed by Kevin Lewis, starring Nicolas Cage, Emily Tosta, Beth Grant, and Rig Zeitz. Runtime is 88 minutes. Okay, Tim, let's talk about Willy's Wonderland here. So I actually did watch it through to its completion, which I didn't think I'd be able to do, but I was. So the first thing you should know about this movie is that Nicolas Cage does not say anything. He literally does not talk throughout the entire movie. Did you know that? I did not. Did you even notice not that? Not much, yeah. No, he doesn't say anything. Nothing, not a no. word. That's he, crazy. It's just him acting. And to be honest with you, he does a pretty good job. Okay. Okay? Because, I mean, all the characters that they put around him. Now, don't get me wrong. The people that are around him, the acting is not good. Okay? Right. It, it is B-movie. It has a B-feel. Right. Yeah. So, but I tell you what... Um, it is somewhat entertaining, and it's only eighty-eight <laughs> minutes, so it's not like you're. It's not like you're. You're wasting a whole. Exactly, day you're wasting of your a lot life. of time on yeah. this. Okay, but um, 
Yeah, uh, YouTube Punk says Five Nights at Nicolas Cage's. Yes, yeah, yeah. so that's basically what it is. Five Nights at Freddy's meets Nicolas Cage. Um, so the whole story is like, you know, this um, murderer and his friends like run Willy's Wonderland and then when they die, they inhabit these animatronic animals, right? Mm, something like that. Yeah, it's something I never like that. There's a story there. What the story was. So Tim, I... I told you, Nicolas Cage does not talk throughout this whole thing. And what he does is obviously these animatronic characters come to life and come after him and he takes them all out. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, there are some kids who get hurt in this. Um, you, I mean, it's a, it's a B-horror movie. That's what it is, right? Yeah. I mean, it really, I mean, it's, it's bad. But um, Tim, wasn't it at least like semi-enjoyable for you? What did you think? <laughs> I was actually kind of watching it and getting into it. My wife looked at me and went, this is the stupidest movie I've ever seen in my life. What are you watching this for? And I think she made me change it. But I ended up watching it and uh, eh, it was just kind of silly. It's, it it's kind of dumb. Yeah, I mean, like when the when they show the kids like, you know, getting killed by the animatronics and stuff oh, like that. I yeah. mean, it's pretty... Yeah. Pretty bad, like the the special effects and everything. Um, here's the thing about Nicolas Cage. Now, Nicolas Cage does a lot of movies, movies mm-hmm. okay? And you'll notice that he's in a lot of these movies where he's the only star and everybody around him is kind of just not very good actors. But the thing is, is that it's really easy for a, for a movie to get funding if there's a big star attached to it. So you attach Nicolas Cage's name to something and that movie can get funded. Mm-hmm. Like Willy's Wonderland did. And... And here's the thing, it doesn't have to make a lot of money, as long as it makes back its budget, or a little right. bit more. And what was the budget on this thing? Probably not much. And right. so it probably made it back. <laughs> probably Just saying. so. So, I mean, so you can you can talk about Nicolas Cage, like, being in all of these bad movies and taking all these gigs, but every time he attaches himself to a movie, that pay. movie gets gets funded, he gets paid, and more than likely it makes money. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it kind of works, right? I mean, it is what it is. So um, I like to like where he found the shirts and yes. he like puts the shirt. And every on yes, every time that he takes one out, he always gets messy and he puts on a new shirt. New shirt. One yeah. of the coolest things about it was the pinball machine he was playing in the break room yeah. in the break area. I, I mean, I don't know how they they. I guess they made a custom machine. I guess because so. it looks really good. Mm-hmm. So um, there's a Willy's Wonderland like custom pinball machine in the game that looks great. Mm-hmm. And so that's pretty cool. There are some arcade scenes in it, Tim. We yes. should mention that. So mm-hmm. I mean, you got some arcades, and of course you've got some different. Um, uh, animatronic characters and things like that and all this kind of stuff but the city like apparently like the little city makes a deal with the demonic figures the story to feed, just did yeah, not to feed to work. feed them and so what they do is anytime a drifter comes into town they throw them in there to clean the thing and then you know they're gone in the morning except for nicholas cage who comes out and just leaves right, right. <laughs> so i mean it is what it is there you go um current phonograph face off and nicholas cage was awesome uh, YouTube punk. I'm a con air guy myself. Love both those good. movies. Uh-huh. Okay, Nicolas Cage is good. National Treasure is not bad. The mm-hmm. National Treasure movies are pretty good. I know it's like low rate Indiana Jones. Like mm-hmm. I understand that, but it's good. Okay, I like. Uh, you like National yeah. Treasure? Oh yeah, that's See? a good movie. Uh, what are some other Nicolas Cage movies? Um, now I have not seen Renfield, which is his new one, right? I haven't seen it. I have not seen that. I know it just came out on demand. I saw it when I was looking at other things, but I have not watched it yet. And people say he's pretty good in that. Um, what was the Sorcerer's Apprentice? I watched that where he plays like a sorcerer. That's mm-hmm. pretty decent. Nicolas Cage is a pretty decent actor, and mm-hmm. even in this, he and he doesn't say anything. I did not realize good. he didn't say anything. He doesn't now, say anything. Now I gotta go back and watch it. Just watch to see it, that. and he does not say a word. To That's him. crazy. Not a word. So, but um, mm-hmm. Willy's Wonderland. If you're if you've got ninety minutes to kill and you just want to kill it, it's worth <laughs> your you ninety minutes just to kill. Yeah. Now, but if you've got anything else to watch. Watch right. that first. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's like, 
<laughs> so anything else to watch, you right. know? If if you if, if you can't go to sleep one night and you're just completely bored, turn... if Rocky Four is on TV, watch Rocky Four instead of Willy's Wonderland. Right. <laughs> so if a good movie is on television, watch that before you watch. This. Yeah, watch Con Air first. Yeah, right. Con Air or The Rock. Welcome to The Rock. Mm-hmm. Uh, watch that, or that's my terrible show. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, uh, Raising Arizona, Mr. Yeah, Dwayne. There one. you go. That's a good one. Um, what's the what's the what's the um. Uh, Piggy Sue got uh, Piggy Sue one with him, right? Oh yeah, he had uh, all kinds of little romantic comedies he's too. Got a lot of good stuff. Yeah, golly. So I like Nicolas Cage. I don't care that he's attached to bad movies. I watch a lot of the bad movies. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Ghost Rider was the worst. Ghost Rider is not that bad. The second was actually pretty good. Okay. Like if you haven't seen the second Ghost Rider, the first one, eh. Mm-hmm. The second one, I actually enjoyed. Mm-hmm. So I mean, look, um, Gabrielle Luna. If you saw him as Ghost Rider in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., he played a fantastic Ghost Rider, Tim. Mm-hmm. Okay, better than Nicolas Cage in that part. But the second Ghost Rider movie with Nicolas Cage, not that bad. So okay. there you go. Okay, are we done with Nicolas Cage? We're done with Nicolas okay. Cage. Second movie, which is the one we promised at the beginning, the Super Mario Brothers movie. So let's do that, Tim. The Super Mario Bros. movie, as we mentioned, is now in theaters. Now, Tim, we mentioned last time, I rented out a movie theater to see this. You so did. Um, we have a local AMC here. I am an AMC Stubbs member, a stockholder in AMC as well. So uh, uh, we rented a movie theater. Mm-hmm. Okay, we did the private theater rental, and me and Tim and about 60 of my closest friends all went to a movie theater and watched this together, and it was really fun. And I tell you what, it's really it's a really good movie. Mm-hmm. It's a good kids' movie. Look. If you're looking for deep plot exposition, not your movie. Right. This is a kid's movie. Mm-hmm. And as far as kid's movie goes, pretty good. But it had a lot of adult kind of jokes and not yeah. not dirty or anything, but like, like you know, stuff that my nephews wouldn't get. Like when they got there and they said, the princess is not in this castle. Yeah, exactly. They didn't get it, but right. I, I laughed. Little nod. Right, right. little nod. <laughs> so, you know, a lot of stuff like that. So, Jack Black... As Bowser steals the show, in yes. my opinion. He, golly, he the is song. so good. And Peaches, the song, is fantastic. Um, somebody said that Dan said Bowser's Peaches. Yes, yes. That, is, that is that song is fantastic. In fact, Tim, it's hit the, the Billboard Top 100. So we played it in the car quite a bit. Um, but uh, that's Jack Black's first song in the Top 100. Wow. And Tenacious D, right? Wow. Like people know Tenacious D, his right. band. But that's the first one he's had in the Top 100 Thank ever. You. So um, I think he steals the show. Chris Pratt's voice is fine. Mm-hmm. I have no problem with it. Charlie Day as Luigi was good. Yeah. I had no problem with him. Um, all the character, like the whole story and everything, is fine. Um, my, I kind of like how he battles Donkey Kong, but then they team up. Yes. Yeah, that kind of stuff too. And all these characters are in it. Yes. You know, everything's in it. You know? The and Donkey the- Kong battle with Mario is fantastic. One of the highlights of the movie, in my opinion, and the way he gets the cat suit and then he, mm-hmm. you know, and all that kind of stuff. I don't want to stole. Am I spoiling too much? No. Spoiling too much. I don't think so. Okay, I don't want to spoil too much. Uh, he gets the cat suit, which if you've seen the preview, you already know. Uh, let's see. Um, there's a Mario Kart scene, uh-huh. which again, if you've seen the preview, you already know. My daughter it, that's pretty good. My daughter keeps quoting the line that the star says. I can't remember what it is, but she thought uh, that was the funniest the part. The Luma. Yeah, yeah, the Luma. So, I was like, what? <laughs> the Luma was pretty dark. Yeah. So. She's like, she thought that was the best part. Yeah. There is a like, mid-credit okay. scene where Bowser performs Peaches again. There's an after-credit scene uh, that kind of alludes to the se- to the next movie, you can tell. Tim, mm-hmm. this thing's made a billion dollars. Yeah. And shows no signs of slowing. All right. And it deserves every penny. So it is good. Um, if you're a Mario fan at all, you should see it. 
I don't care if you have kids or not. Here's what was Go interesting, see. you know, because it was your birthday, I decided to take my nephews, which are big Mario fans. Yeah. And I knew they would like it. But my wife, of course, went along, who's not a huge uh, video game or Mario fan, and she liked it. She was like, it was just a good movie. She yeah. was like, I really didn't even care. I was just going to eat some popcorn and be with you and my nephews. And she goes, I actually felt really entertained by it. So she liked it. Yeah. And um, Peach has more, uh, the role of Peach in this is a little bit different than mm -hmm. what you normally get. Uh, so Peach is more of a, a independent yeah. And I, I think she sometimes is portrayed in the games, which I thought was a good thing. Yeah. And Mario had problems making it through the little first little training course, which was fun. <laughs> That's a nice, fun sequence there. Yeah. Um, I was trying to think of what else. Oh, they come back to Brooklyn at the end and kind of have a big battle thing, and that mm -hmm. was nice. Um, I didn't really feel too attached to that. You kind of felt like that's the way it was heading, and then, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, it kind of wrapped it all up in a nice little bow. Worked yeah. Out great. So, overall... Uh, you know, a solid, a solid movie. You yeah. know, I don't know if I would rate it quite an A, probably a B plus. Yeah. Because I mean, I do think there are some things they could have done better. But I mean, golly, it hit all the nostalgic notes really well, right. which is important to me. And the story is great for kids. Again, I saw reviews saying, "Oh, the story is just so boring." I'm like, no, "This is a kids movie. Great. It's a kids movie, okay? Kids love this." Stuff. It had the Mario Kart involved in it. Yeah, it's just, it's, my, my son's like favorite part is when Toad gets in his cart. Yeah. you know what I'm talking about. Like uh -huh. that's his favorite part. And when we saw it the second time, he's just waiting for it. He was so <laughs> excited about that part. Uh, but uh, there, it is fun. And... You haven't seen it, especially if you have kids. You need to watch it with them. It's fun. Yeah, and go to the movie theater because guys. Going to the movie theater is cool and yeah. fun. And it you forget funny. it if you have My five-year-old nephew, um, he literally can't sit still for more than t 20 seconds. He sat the whole movie and just sat there watching with his popcorn, eating like that. We got through. I said, was it? He didn't say nothing. I'm like, I don't know if he liked it or what. And I'm like, how was it, dude? And he goes... Man, that was the best movie I've ever seen in my whole <laughs> life. He's probably been to five. But, yes. you know, it's like for a five-year-old, it was like he was so blown away. He couldn't even talk. Yes. He was just, he had a blast. And here's the deal. So mm -hmm. I do this theater rental because I have a five-year-old. And like Tim mentioned, five-year-olds do not sit still through movies. Mm -hmm. Mine has started to figure it out because he's been to a couple of movies now. Mm -hmm. But like last year, Tim, we had kids running, running all yeah, around. But the cool thing about renting the movie theater? They can let them run. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Exactly. There's nobody there who's going to be calling me because it's all my friends and it's all their kids. Right. So it's like, you know, it's like all of, all of us are in the same boat. We all have kids. We all have things. You know, it's like Except so, for the one kid we figured it was in the wrong theater. Oh, that's <laughs> right. We had a kid come in and that was in the wrong theater. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. So um, that was that. Yeah, my was, wife had to walk him out, and they did find his mom. Yes. So, but yeah, um, Dan, that's the part that my son likes. I'm not going to say it for the for the spoiler. Uh, but that's the part that my son likes. It's, okay. Is Toad's is Toad's cart. So um, he loves that part the best. So mm -hmm. uh, I personally like when Donkey Kong got the power up there near the end. I thought that was pretty yes. cool. So there was a lot of cool cool things and you got to see the cat suit the tanuki suit um fire flowers ice flowers you got I'll, to see a lot of the power -ups. i like how mario hated mushrooms yes. he didn't like them and he had to eat them right <laughs> he's like oh yeah, like, you saw the big the big mushrooms the small mushrooms yeah. <laughs> like everything was in all the power like most of the power ups were underwater were you yep. saw everything mm -hmm. <laughs> so a lot of cool stuff in there is really neat so watch, again watch, even watch. if you're a big mario fan or even if you just have a pat, passing fancy for mario obviously if you're watching our show you're you're probably pretty big on video games so with that in mind you should go see the mario movie while it's in theaters it's a much better experience than bringing it home i think okay? so you should go see it in theaters and it's worth it go on like a tuesday when all the tickets are cheap
Yeah. And go by yourself if you have to. It's worth it. So. Mm-hmm. Okay, Tim. Well, I think that wraps it up for this episode. I'll go ahead and put our uh, our contact information and things up here real quick. But before we do that, we do want to remind you that we want your arcade-related videos. If you want some free advertising for your YouTube channel, we're looking for people to submit short videos, 10 minutes or less, about arcade-related topics. You can send a link of your video to questions at arcaderepairtips.com and our staff will review it. If we like it, we'll use it during one of our live show episodes. Make sure you put a plug in for your channel so people will know where to find you. We look forward to seeing your submissions and Tim we've done this with several people's videos uh this is a great way guys if you're looking to grow your audience if you've got a YouTube channel that's maybe on the brink of being monetized and you just want to kick maybe you just need a couple more subscribes or views to get over there then uh, you can do that but um again uh we'd love to promote your stuff send it to questions at arcadeapairtips.com we'll review it and if we like it again we'll put it on there and give you some free advertising so great stuff Oh, Tim and Delusional just uh, donated $20. Thank you, Delusional. It's awesome. So, hi, guys. Keep up the great work. You too, Delusional. Man, he has good content, guys. If you're not already checking out Delusional's Arcade here on YouTube, you should be checking it out for sure. But we want to thank you for the donation, Delusional, and make sure you check out his YouTube channel as well. Tim, people are always asking us to do more episodes than once (laughs) a month. Guys, there's so many great arcade channels out there that put out content a lot more often than we do. Mm -hmm. You can check those out too. Delusional is definitely one of those. So, there we go. And then, guys, we have our contact information as well. We have our general email address at questions at arcaderepairtips.com. Questions at arcaderepairtips.com. And if you want to put live show in the subject line, we will definitely save it for the live show. Otherwise, we'll get to it when we can. But again, that's questions at arcaderepairtips.com. Definitely the best way to get a hold of us if you have an arcade-related question. And we have our YouTube channel, guys, and that's at youtube.arcaderepairtips.com. You can find all of our live show episodes there. And comments from the last live show will typically be covered on the next episode. So if you leave a comment on this live show, we will try to cover it in episode 60 or 76 coming up next month. Or if you're listening to the audio version of this live show, you may want to check out the after show, which we don't put on the audio podcast feed. And you can do that by looking up live show episode 75 on YouTube at youtube.arcaderepairtips.com. youtube.arcaderepairtips.com. Of course, everybody in the live chat knows that. Mm-hmm. And if you're watching this on YouTube, you know that. But again, for our audio only listeners, check that out if you want to hear the after show or if you want to see video from this episode. And then we have our podcast feed, Tim, that contains our live shows, our interviews, question and answer podcasts, whatever kind of content that we put out will be found on the audio podcast feed. And you can find that on iTunes at iTunes.ArcadeRepairTips.com. We have our Spotify page at Spotify.ArcadeRepairTips.com and our Stitcher radio page at Stitcher.ArcadeRepairTips.com. Or you can find us by searching Arcade Repair wherever fine podcasts are aggregated. Whatever your podcast app of choice is, maybe you use um, Amazon, maybe you use uh, Pocket Cast, maybe you use, I don't know, um, the built-in Apple Podcasts app, whatever you use for podcasts. If you search Arcade Repair, you will find us more than likely. We will be there. And if you uh, would be so kind, please leave us a review on iTunes at iTunes.ArcadeRepairTips.com. You can leave your five-star reviews there. If you want to rate us four stars or less, please uh, let us know what we need to improve. We're always looking for constructive criticism, right, Tim, about all sorts of things. So if you uh, have some constructive criticism for us, give us an email, or you can leave a, leave those five-star reviews on iTunes at iTunes.ArcadeRepairTips.com. And then, Tim, we have our social media pages. We have our Facebook page at Facebook.ArcadeRepairTips.com, Facebook.ArcadeRepairTips.com, and our Twitter feed at Twitter.ArcadeRepairTips.com, Twitter.ArcadeRepairTips.com. And, Tim, we have the same information pretty much on both websites, so it just depends on how you, uh, whichever social media preference you have, but you can do it on either one of those. Again, Facebook page at Facebook.ArcadeRepairTips.com or our Twitter feed at Twitter.ArcadeRepairTips.com. 
Now, Tim, I have unfortunate news that it sounds like the service that we use to cross-post our Facebook to our Twitter feed is about to start charging us money. Because nah. apparently Twitter is starting to charge them money. Right. So I don't know how much longer we can keep the link between them. I may have to start physically posting on both platforms, but I am willing to do that for you guys because I love you guys so much. So, <laughs> so there you mm -hmm. go. Um, and we do want to thank Mark, too, our community manager, for all of the contributions he makes as well. Mark does a really great job, especially on the pinball news. So if you see any pinball news, guys, a lot of times that's him. But we want to thank Mark for his contributions as well. But make sure you subscribe to us on our social media pages. We would greatly appreciate it. Tim, we just got another donation donation from Current Phonograph. Ten bucks. Wow. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Current Phonograph, for your donation. We greatly appreciate you. And, Tim, you... Um, you have contributed a lot to the live show here, Current Phonograph, besides just the money with your comments and things, and we want to thank you for that as well. And Tim, we want to thank you for all the supporters who are long-timers, short-timers, however long you've been with us. We want to thank you for being here. John, before we get any further, we haven't given away anything. We I? haven't. <laughs> I guess we could. I don't know. Hang on. Let me get to the live chat real quick. Phaser58 okay. uh, says, thank you guys. Really appreciate your time as well as your expertise. Great show. Thank you. Thank you. Then we have Dan. Thanks for troubleshoot the troubleshooting tips and the great show. Thank you, Dan. Uh, YouTube Punk, K. Dell, hope you and your family are good. And we will wish the same to to uh, Delusional's Arcade as well. Hope you and your family are good. And to all of y'all out there, hope you and your families are good. We have summer coming up, Tim. That's exciting. End of the school year. So if you have kids, you're probably getting ready for that. We know how that goes. Uh, Tim, you mentioned giving away something. Should yeah. we do that? Well, we always do, or we have. We have been. Yeah, so why not? Okay, I'm with you. <laughs> I do have something, and I just forgot about it up until the second that Tim said it. But I have a Pac-Man keyring. Nice, Pac-Man keyring. It so plays Pac-Man. It does. Original sounds and gameplay. LCD screen, four directional controls, so you can control Pac-Man. It is a little has a little rip in the back, but I think it's still intact for the most part. If you would like to win this wonderful keyring, uh, keyring uh, game keyring Pac-Man, you can do that by sending an email to contest at arcaderepairtips.com. Contest at ArcadeRepairTips.com and make sure that you send your name, your address, and the code word. Uh, let's do Gonna Be May. Gonna Be May? Yeah. Like Gonna Be May. May. Okay, yeah. three words. Gonna Be May. Gonna Be May. It's a joke. I understand. Okay. Yes, an insane <laughs> joke, right. nothing else. Okay, that's fine. So send an email to contest at ArcadeRepairTips.com with your name, your mailing address, and the, the, the code phrase gonna be may gonna hopefully be it's may. gonna be you okay there you go so if you want to win again contest at arcaderepairtips.com name shipping address gonna be may in there somewhere so we know that you watch the show and somebody will get this lovely um pac-man game key ring so there you go okay and that's all we're gonna do we'll just do yeah. it once so tim we have the after show coming up again reminder if you're listening to the audio version of this you will not get the after show if you want to watch that you will need to go to our YouTube page and look up episode 75 and fast forward to the end where we do the after show. If you're here watching live with us, you guys can uh, stay, just stay where you are for about five or 10 minutes and we will come right back and you can watch the after show. The after show guys is very similar to the regular show except pretty much any topic goes. So what topics are we gonna be covering in said after show, Tim? Well, I bet we're gonna talk about some sports because there's been some, the draft happened. Yes, draft. Yeah, and there's some playoffs going on. Yep. NBA, NHL playoffs. Uh, baseball started. XFL championship game. Right. Okay, we'll, we'll probably be talk about, about some movies, some yep. shows. I watched three movies, and I'll tell you what those are. Shazam! Fury of the Gods, Creed Three, and Jesus Revolution on Tim's recommendation. Okay. So I watched those three. I'll tell you what I thought about them in the after show. I've also been watching some TV shows. We'll talk about those as well. Tim, is there any TV show in particular you want to tease? Yeah, you know, I have I have watched so many, it's almost hard to remember what I've watched because I just kind of, but... Back to I, back. I will say this. 
that I, sometimes I get in the mood. There was a show that I watched 16 episodes in one day. Oh my goodness! <laughs> and that was and that was crazy just to stay and watch it. And that and so we'll talk about that in the after show. Sounds good. Now YouTube Punk over here says uh, give away an Atari PCB. Yeah, with all of that money that I got. I mean, look, I'm over <laughs> here saying big big things about ten and twenty dollar donations, guys, because that's big money to me. Okay, so I'm um, obviously um, Tim with kids. I've maybe, gone broke. Maybe some broken ones. Yeah, I was about to say. I was about to say, I used to have money, and I don't have money anymore. Yeah. So that's kind of how it goes. That's why I have all of these. I used to have money. I got so, one in college. Yeah, you see, exactly. So <laughs> we, we, we broke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. Well, I want to find out what show Tim watched 16 of. Uh-huh. And I hope Episodes you want to, in one day. And I want to also, I also want to tell you guys about what I thought about some of these movies I mentioned. But you'll have to stay tuned for the after show for that. Now, if this is if this is where you're getting off, guys, we want to thank you for joining us this evening for the live show, and we lo- hope to see you next month. Is this June? Oh my goodness, June for episode seventy six. So we hope, look forward to seeing you all there. Then, if you're, this is your first time watching, we always broadcast on the first Thursday night at five thirty p.m. Central Time. So set your watch by it, Tim. If we ever change from that, we will let you know. We usually put out an announcement on our social media pages, but for the most part, first Thursday of the month, five thirty p.m. Central Time. Be here on our YouTube channel to catch the next episode. Thank you so much for watching tonight. We want to thank everybody in the live chat. We want to thank everybody who's watching after the fact. And we want to thank all of you who support us. Thank you guys so much for all of your support. All of your questions for those of you guys who wrote in. Thank you so much for those. And remember here at Arcade Repair Tips, when you fix the game, you play the game. Take care, everybody. We'll see you next month, or we'll see you here in just a minute for the after show. Bye, guys. Bye, everybody. Thank you for watching this episode of the Arcade Repair Tips live show. All of our past episodes are available on our website at ArcadeRepairTips.com or on our YouTube page. This show is intended for entertainment and educational purposes only. Please consult a professional before attempting to repair any coin-operated machines yourself. The preceding program is a Varcade Entertainment production.